Super Talk Mississippi media production. Running a business is tough. If you're struggling with HR benefits and payroll, you're not alone. Many businesses just don't have the resources to keep up. That's where MWG Employer Services comes in. We provide a full range of employer services with everything from payroll to benefits to HR services and compliance and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. We're a Mississippi-based company that can help you focus on what you do best, growing your business. Call MWG Employer Services today at 601-206-7966 or go to MWG Employer Services You're listening to Sports Talk Mississippi On Demand, presented by Pearl River Resort. Escape to Choctaw, Mississippi and enjoy world-class gaming, the Dancing Rabbit Golf Club, and Geyser Falls Water Park. Escape to Pearl River Resort. To the junction, in the grove, and to the top. This, this is Sports Talk Mississippi. On your radio and in the game. Right here on Super Talk Mississippi. You don't need to adjust your uh, your calendars or anything. It's not Wednesday night at 6 o'clock just because you're hearing my voice first. This is Sports Talk Mississippi. I'm Brian Haydad. Will East is in the big chair today with Michael Borky out on vacation. You know, I, I say it's vacation. He's probably working. That guy doesn't know how to take it easy. He doesn't know. You know, you you you, you tell me I've got the day off. I can tell the difference, Will East. <laughs> <laughs> I can tell the difference. Chips on your shirt, you know. <laughs> yeah, 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 exactly. Richard Cross is undergoing uh, technical difficulties, I believe, at this time. He's only here for a short time anyway. We're going to have some fun today because no Borky, no Richard. <laughs> they gave the, the key to the asylum to the inmate. All right, let's see how that, that turns out for us. We've got a really good show lined up for you today, though. We are, of course, coming to you from the Pearl River Resort Studios here. Pearl River Resort. You know, Richard would always go golf, wouldn't he? No, not yes. me. You know, I'm a gambling man. I like to gamble. I like to put my money down. You know when to and hold so them. You, can you know that. when to fold them. All that rigmarole. Exactly. And so I'm just telling you right now, if you're a poker player, they've got great tournaments lined up all the time at Pearl River Resort. Head on over there. Check out the calendar. It's always available at PearlRiverResort.com. And if you are a golfer, there's Dancing Rabbit. If you're a sports better, is that a word? I don't know if it is or not. A sports betsman. There's Betsman. the, uh, there's the uh, sports book. Yeah, Betsman at Time Out Lounge. And, of course, if you're an eater, which you can look real quick on your screen here at Super Talk TV, you're talking to two of them right here. Uh, great restaurants. One's growing, one's River shrinking. Resort. Okay, Brian, I've, I've, I've gained a lot. All the pounds you've lost, Have I you? think I've taken over. Yes. You look fantastic. Though. Don't, don't, don't ever let anybody tell you different. It's mostly belly You want to get in touch with us today? <laughs> If you want to get in touch with us today, there's the C Spire text line, 601-879-4395. In about 12 minutes, we're going to talk to Mississippi State head football coach Jeff Levy. We got him up for, for, for a few minutes today. I uh, wanted to have him on tomorrow on Thunder and Lightning, but couldn't make that happen post-signing day. But I reached out and I was like, guys, there's, there's plenty to talk about with Coach Levy beyond just recruiting. So let's get him on today. So we'll talk about his, you know, first few weeks on the job here, uh, in Starkville and, and, you know, his, his plan for the future of Mississippi State football. We'll start with some Ole Miss football today. It appears that the Rebels have just extended Lane Kiffin's contract. Great. That just makes me so happy to hear. 
I just thrilled by so, this. No, let's let's be honest. In Mississippi, yeah. it's always been what four years is the max, but somehow Ole Miss right. has figured out a way to add a couple extra years on there, going through the foundation. Imagine that working around the rules up there at Oxford. Rules are made to be broken, my friend. If you ain't, they you, are. You know? I'm, I'm not gonna lie. I agree with that. So yeah, I have I have to I need to look I guess a little closer at this release because I'm, I'm I mean are they extending it the full four years the state law allows or are they going to add another you know couple years more onto the six years I think it, it was supposed I don't know the the details of it yet don't know if there's a raise involved yet I, I know that his old contract went up I think a quarter mil a, a season for the for the duration yeah. of the contract which is kind of standard operating practice for that this this may. This may hurt some people's feelings when I say it, but I mean, could it be any more richly deserved than 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 than, than it is? With, with oh no, oh well, I guess I guess I can stop. Speaking of richly deserved, now. Speaking of rich, speaking of rich, Rich Cross. Hello, friends. Now. Richard, I was just breaking the news that Lane Kiffin has signed a contract extension. I, I got that through a source just a few moments ago yep. and uh, broke that news here on the show. Your thoughts on Lane Kiffin uh, getting a new deal? Well, I think your point just a second ago was a uh, was a good one, right? I mean, if ever he deserved a, uh, a contract extension, then uh, this would be the season after uh, a, his second 10-win season at Ole Miss, which is also the second 10-win season in school history. Um, They are headed to a second New Year's Six game under Lane Kiffin. Um, I heard what you were saying a second ago. So, I mean, we we went through all of this a year ago, right? I mean, four years is the maximum state-allowed contract. Ole Miss got around that when they were negotiating his deal a year ago by doing um, another couple of years. And I think that was pretty public knowledge through the university's foundation. Yeah. So it was a six-year deal um, all said, and so they have extended it back to a full six years. So Lane Kiffin now has six years remaining on his contract. I think the rollover date was uh, actually earlier this month, maybe a week or week and a half ago, something uh, so they're making it public now, and uh, I am led to believe that at least as we sit here right now, there's no additional money in it. Uh, when you are already making top ten money, uh, I guess that is uh, a little more palatable. If Ole Miss wins in the, yeah, the I don't Peach know, Bowl, is it is it more palatable, Richard? I, I don't know anything about top ten money. Well, n- neither do I. Uh, d- despite your claims to the contrary, neither do I. Um, but yeah, I mean, this is this is a good thing for uh, for Ole Miss. It's a good thing for Lane Kiffin, and uh, we will see where it goes from uh, from here. But uh, I-, I don't know. I mean, if if you're Lane Kiffin, do you uh, do you go back to the table if uh, if you win the the Peach Bowl and get to eleven wins? I, I don't know. Maybe well, I think it's more about. You go back to the table if an NFL team were to come calling. I mean, with the Chargers already on the market, that is, I mean, Southern California, that just sort of you know has a Lane Kiffin vibe to it. I don't know that he's interested in that job. I don't know that he's interested in going back to the NFL. But if and I don't know that the Chargers would be interested in paying a coach. I mean, they'd have to go start at like ten million, right? So I don't know if that. I don't know any of those things. Yes, but. And it is fair that's, to say that's, that that's the next step for Kiffin, right? He's he's there's not another college job for him unless he get unless he somehow got the Alabama job. Well, and and that's kind of, I think if you're an Ole Miss fan, that's a place of comfort. There, how many people have we heard 
you know, whether it's wishful thinking or, or otherwise, say, well, if Billy Napier gets fired, he's going to get the Florida job next year. Is, is Florida a better job than Ole Miss right now? Traditionally it is. Historically it is. But in today's world, are they as organized with the Gator Collective or whatever they call it as Ole Miss is with the Grove Collective right now? Uh, are they doing as good a job building a roster? Uh, could 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 he replicate what he's doing at Ole Miss at Florida? Sure, uh, sure he could. I mean, it, you, you kind of feel like if he's at a place that cares and has resources, then he can kind of replicate whatever. Um, but I, I guess the point that I was making is Ole Miss has put itself in a place where uh, unless there is a job where money is not so much the issue, it's more about the uh, overall attractiveness of the job, then there aren't that many jobs that make more sense for him than the one he's in right now. And the other thing that Ole Miss has done, hey, Dad, I think to their credit, and, and this is like Keith Carter gets the credit for this, they have allowed Lane to be Lane. It's part of the, it's part of the reason that the Auburn thing would have been a, a poor fit a, a year ago. Because Auburn is not going to let go of being Auburn. It, it, the, the brand is Auburn. The brand is not their football coach. You know, the, the Auburn brand is not Hugh Freeze. It was not Brian Harson. It was not Gus Malzahn or Tommy Tuberville. It was Auburn. And in a lot of ways, Ole Miss has become Lane Kiffin as kind of the brand. And they've allowed him to do his thing and allowed him to kind of do what he wants to do on social media. They've given him freedom to, you know, go to the Bahamas and go fishing when he wants to do that or or whatever else there is. Um, it It's a, a marriage that has worked pretty well, that got through a, a bumpy stretch a year ago. And look, to, to Lane Kiffin's credit, I think, the, the fact that there's not a raise in this and that there's not additional money, it's almost like Lane and maybe his representation kind of got to a point they were, where they were like, you know, this thing is pretty good. And we burned up some fan capital a year ago, and maybe just kind of sitting tight with kind of what's built into the uh, the contract is is a good thing for at least a year. Makes a lot of sense. Makes a lot of sense that you know sometimes I mean we we, we get so caught up in, in college football being about money these days that that sometimes you know people do make decisions that are beneficial to people. Without there being money involved, you know, you, you occasionally get a, a decision like if, if indeed that is the case uh, for Ole Miss and, and for Kiffin. So you know, Ole Miss locking up Lane Kiffin for as long as they possibly can is nothing but good for Ole Miss. It's it's nothing but good for that program and that university. You know, to keep him there and because I think he'll win for as long as he's there. I don't know that he'll win ten, eleven games every year, but I don't ever see Ole Miss under Lane Kiffin dropping down and having like a four and eight season. Nothing yeah. like that should happen under his watch. So I tweeted basically what I said to you a second ago. Ole Miss just announced a contract extension for Lane Kiffin. He's 33-15 and 15 in four years at Ole Miss and has led the Rebels to a pair of 10-win regular seasons. Ole Miss will play in its second New Year's Six game under Kiffin on December 30th. There's one response. It appears as if this is a uh, a fan of the Bulldogs, uh, the, the Starfall variety, not the Georgia variety. He said, which is worthless. He'll be at Florida or Miami this time next year. There Maybe. it is. Maybe. Um, tweeting wishful thinking. There you go. That's uh, that's one way to do it. Hey, uh, let's stop talking about Lane Kiffin and talk about the new head football coach at Mississippi State, Jeff Levy. We will do that with Jeff Levy. He'll join us on the Farm Bureau guest line on the other side of this timeout. Sports Talk Mississippi with you in the Pearl River Resort Studio. We're back right after this. 
Mississippi on the Super Talk app, your local Super Talk station, and at supertalk.fm. Welcome back. Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and Supertalk TV. Glad to be with you on this Tuesday afternoon, the 19th of December, now just six days away from Christmas. Let's go to the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team at Mississippi Farm Bureau. Jeff Levy joins us now. He's the new head football coach at Mississippi State. He was welcomed with a great deal of fanfare to Starkville just a, a couple of weeks ago. I would imagine, though, that feels like a long time ago. Jeff, really appreciate a few minutes of your time. Congratulations on your uh, your first head coaching job. What's it been like for you the last uh, last couple of weeks? Yeah, it's it's been uh, it's been great. It really has. It's been fast, obviously, with all the different things going on. But uh, you know, humbled by all the support and all the people that have reached out to man help get this thing off the ground. So it's uh, it has it's. It's been steady, as you can imagine, but it's, it's been really, really good. I don't know who your music tastes are, but I'm wondering if you felt a little bit like Mick Jagger when the uh, when the plane landed and you opened the door and there was the big crowd at the airport and the cowbells were going crazy and the music going and, and the whole deal. That was quite a welcoming. It, it absolutely was. And our, our team that put it together just did a, did an unbelievable job that night. And then, you know, the next night, Monday night, with the pressure and the, and the welcoming event. So... Again, our, our team has been great. Uh, just a ton of energy and a ton of excitement right now. We're looking to capitalize on that, obviously, with a big day tomorrow. And uh, it's been been really good. Coach, you, you've had a lot of success as an offensive coordinator here in the SEC in the Big Twelve, and, and a job, a head job, was always going to come your way at some point. What made Mississippi State at this time the right job for you? You know, I, I think there's a lot of things. I, I think, one, from a personality standpoint, it's a great fit. Um, you know, I, I love the fact that I, I was able to walk in the door here and have this immediate uh, alignment with, with our leadership here, from Dr. Keenum to, to Zach Salmon, our athletic director. Uh, just a ton of trust uh, w- with what we've got going on right now We as we've just get, gotten started. You know, and I, I think the biggest thing here is you're looking at the football part of it, our proximity to players. You know, that to me is always a competitive advantage as you're looking at jobs across the country. What is the proximity to players? There are incredible players in this state. Uh, we've got to do a great job building relationships, out evaluating and finding guys and being on them early to be able to, um, to get them to stay home. So again, a, a ton of positives, uh, you know, obviously here being at state, uh, but those are, those are the ones that stick out for sure. Jeff, how well did you know Zach Selman from his time at, at Oklahoma, and how much did that factor in in, in this process in terms of, of taking this job at Mississippi State and, and kind of having a level of comfort right out of the gate? Yeah, I think when you when you look at that part of it, there's so few times uh, to be able to step into a situation again where first-time head coach and having great trust and great alignment in the guy that you're working uh, alongside with every single day. So knowing exactly who Zach is and what he's about and uh, having great belief in him and his vision is, is something that made it, you know, in- incredibly easy. And again, you know, you can get into this thing and have these hard conversations, but know it's always coming from the right place. Uh, you know, we're trying to do what is best for Mississippi State football every single day. And, and that's the part to me that is, uh, is really, really good. 
Zach, what's your message been to, to, to recruits from, from kids coming as far as the portal goes about Mississippi State next season? What what are you selling Mississippi State as in, in year one of the Levy era? Yeah, I think as you look at it, it's it's not like we're so far removed from success that this thing is just incredibly broken. And that That's the first thing. I mean, 13 straight bowl games, a ton of success, played incredible defense here for a long time, have a ton of NFL players that are – uh, playing at a really high level in that league right now, so just these guys understanding, man, we're we're not looking to to rebuild. You know, we we want to be able to hit the ground running, get the right pieces in place in our locker room. I think we're doing that right now with the portal and with our class to be able to go get it done. Um, that that's been my messaging. There's a ton of excitement, a ton of energy. We're going to score a bunch of points. We're going to play a brand of football that that is incredibly fun and exciting to be a part of. And then defensively, you know, we're, we're going to be a group that to me understands the standard of how defense needs to be played here at state. And uh, hopefully people have, have understood with, with who I've been able to go hire and who we've gotten in the, the doors. Man, these guys know what it's supposed to look like, have done it at the highest level. Um, they've been a part of it. They put it together. And, and uh, again, that's, that's who we're selling. That's who we're going to be here next fall. Visiting with Jeff Levy, new head football coach at uh, Mississippi State. Jeff, we got to know each other a little bit when you were in Oxford um, a, a few years ago. I, I thought, and, and maybe it's easy to say this in hindsight, that, that it felt like this was inevitable, that, that eventually you were going to be a head coach. But I want to rewind farther back than that. W- when did you decide that, that coaching was in your blood and this is what you wanted to do and what you wanted to be? Yeah, I think growing up around it, you know, being the son of a high school coach, my dad was my head coach in high school. So I, I grew up in the field house. Um, so much of my personality today is is uh, a part of who he was every single day and, and how he led, how, you know, he constantly found ways to take young people to places they can't take themselves and inspire and do it in a way that was, and it was genuine and it was fun and it was loving and it was hard all at the same time. So, as I saw him go go through that and work uh, tirelessly every single day to to achieve what he was able to achieve, that was something that I wanted to go chase. You know, so um, it was really I, I was probably I don't know freshman sophomore year of high school when I thought, man, this is this is what I want to do. Uh, I think this is exactly what I'm meant to do. You know, even at that young of an age, I felt like that was and that was my calling and, and where I wanted to end up. Is it one of those things that? that once it's in your blood, once it's in your system, you, you can't ever get away from it? Because this is not an easy life. I, I mean, I, I understand that coaches get paid a lot of money, but, I mean, it is a ton of work to do this well for an extended period of time. But it, it seems like guys that are in it, it's like once it gets them, they just can't let go. Yeah, I, it is a ton of work, but I don't think I've ever gone to work a day in my life. I mean, here I am at 39 years old, head football coach of an SEC program. Um, you know, that. I can't imagine anybody having it any better than I do. And I, I say it and I mean it. There, there's a lot of challenges that go into it, but being able to coach football and, again, be around young people every single day and, and help influence their lives and change lives, it, it is, uh, for me, it is. It's a dream come true. I told the team that the first first team meeting, this is. It's a dream come true and a dream start, just starting. So that's uh, that that's my perspective on it. Uh, I think that's who I'm going to forever be. You know, and I think, again, that's, you know, in part because of how I was raised and, and seeing my dad do it the way he did it.
Coach, I love social media and the, and the, the hashtags that coaches come up with for their program. So tell me, what is Dime Time? Dime Time started uh, way back when, just talking about QBs, drop, dropping dimes. You know, guys uh, being able to make throws and throw them in a small window. So it was something that I would just start saying at practice at times. Um, you know, when, when somebody fit a ball into a, a window that maybe he shouldn't have or nobody else thought he could have, that was just my way to, to recognize it on the field, having fun with the guys. And then it's, it's, uh, it's caught on and, and stayed with me since UCF. We're visiting with Jeff Levy. Just a couple of minutes left, Coach, and really appreciate your uh, your time this afternoon. Th- this may sound like a dumb question, so forgive me uh, if if you take it that way. But when you describe your offensive philosophy, how do you how do you explain it? Yeah, we're going to take what people give us. I think people talk that way a lot, and it's really easy to say, and at times a little harder to do. But we're we are going to be um, you know week to week play to play, snap to snap, situation to situation. What people are giving us is what we're going to take. And that that's who we want to be to the core. Uh, we want to have incredible balance, playing with great tempo and truly applying pressure to the other side of the ball for 60 minutes. You know, I want those guys on the other side to be dang near miserable for the entire football game. So that's, um, that's who we're trying to be. Uh, have, there's been a long sample size of, of doing that and going to contract try to continue to do that obviously here we we certainly appreciate your time this afternoon uh i, I guess maybe finish with this any, any surprises coming for uh for bulldog fans tomorrow I, th- I think we got a chance to have a good day you know I, I really do i'm excited about it there's a couple out there that we'll see uh we'll see if they get pulled through the knot hole here but feel, feel good about where we're at i know that I like that. Try to pull them through the knot hole. Jeff, really appreciate your time. Wish you nothing but the uh, the best going forward, and hope we can visit again soon. All right. Appreciate it, man. Have a, go- have a good one. That is Jeff Levy, new head football coach at Mississippi State. Uh, if you're watching on Super Talk TV, you see that picture of him getting off the plane when he first arrived in Starkville, cowbell in hand. So he was equipped properly right out of the gate. Let's talk a little bit about what Jeff Levy said. It's Jeff Levy, hey, Dad, not Zach Levy or Zach Selman or any other Zach. It's okay. Did I say Zach? Yes. It's all right. Oh, God. Amateur. <laughs> but it's the AD. I you called him coach. I called him coach. Called what him did Zach. I say, Zach? You said Zach. Yeah, yeah just one time. It's okay. no. I don't think he's holding it against you. Check the tape. It'll be I a think promo. is what they say. Jeff Levy and all guests join us on the Farm Bureau guest line. Check out favorites.com and go with the home team, Mississippi Farm Bureau. We're back right after this. Happening in Mississippi sports. You'll hear about it first right here. Sports Talk Mississippi.
wrong with you? Oh, man. Like, I, I let that play and extend for no other reason so that you could go, Down around Vicksburg! Or whatever it is that you normally do. How'd it go again, Richard? I didn't, I didn't hear. Okay. Right again. So, something tells me we just got another promo out of that. Ah. <laughs> uh, why are you mad? Ah, apparently I screwed up. You didn't like screw that. up. You didn't screw up. Besides, somebody on the message board says they're not going to let you uh, in the building anyway anytime soon now that you're wearing red and blue sweaters all the time. Ooh. What else? Are, are people oh, mad at you? Are like are Mississippi State fans mad at you, or is, is this a new thing? I don't. I don't think they are. But hmm. you never know. Okay. As long as they hate listening to the podcast, I don't care. <laughs> Hit five stars and write whatever you want to in the comments. I yeah, think that's how it goes, it. right? Put whatever you want in there. Don't care. Um, thoughts on Jeff Levy and some of what he said just a second ago. I mean, some some of what you heard in that interview is kind of what you would expect to hear in the you know kind of initial conversation that you have with the new head coach about why he took the job at the time and and certain things. But there's some stuff that was interesting in there as well. Yeah, I you know some things uh, I, I liked hearing from him. Uh, some things I mean I, I, I don't agree with. You know, I'd like to, he says it's not a rebuild. Maybe rebuild's not the right word though anymore, because when you think rebuild, you think a program that's going to you know take three four years to get back into in, into any kind of uh, of shape. With today's college football and the transfer portal, it shouldn't be three four years to do anything. If it is, you got the wrong guy in charge. So. Maybe saying, you know, year one's going to be tough, but year two you can be back in it. Maybe that's not a rebuild. I don't know if that's that's the case or not. But, you know, with Levy, you can tell he's confident in himself and his abilities for what he wants to do offensively. And then defensively he's confident in the guys he's turned it over to. So, you know, that's that's where my questions are with a, a lot with this team or on the defensive side of the ball. Those are questions we're not going to be able to get answered until, you know, nine months from now. So, for the time being, it's all about recruiting, and, and when we'll see what happens tomorrow. It looks like he's turned this class from, I mean, I think when he got to start to Starkville, this class was lingering in the 50s. Uh, if they add the guys that we think they're going to add, they're going to end up around a top 25 class. So that's, that's a pretty good job in a little bit less than a month. It's it's a hard sell in a short period of time, too, right? I mean, not nobody, nobody feels sorry for coaches who make millions of dollars who have to work hard, right? Nobody feels sorry for them. But I would imagine that sleep has been fleeting for Jeff Levy for the last month because it was literally hit the ground, introductory press conference, you have to hire a staff, you have to talk to everybody, you have to talk to your team, and you're, you're trying to establish rapport with guys that, that you want to stay on the roster, you're trying to make contact with high school coaches, you're trying to make contact with committed players, you're trying to figure out who in the transfer portal makes sense. As soon as that opens, you're trying to figure out if they're guys that you need to back off of that were perhaps committed to a previous staff. You're trying to figure out if they're guys who you haven't reached out to or the previous staff didn't reach out to that you think fits what you're going to do. It's just a non-stop, non-stop for at, at least the first couple of months. I don't know. Yeah. I mean, that's why it was important, I think, for him to keep a couple of guys from the old staff, and that's what he did with Chad Bumpus and with David Turner. Just to give you some continuity, just to give you some some answers of of 
you know, this is who, you know, this is what we think about this guy. This is what we think here and there. And we can keep him and blah, blah, blah. So doing that, keeping Greg Knox and, and some of the support staff like Gary Green and Jason Washington around made a lot of sense for him. So, he, you know, he's got those guys to, to, to mix in with his new faces. Um, you know, they just wrapped up the, the, the staff this weekend. Well, I, I was planning to talk about that a little bit later in the show. but And, of course, they just announced just a minute ago the strength and conditioning snap, staff, which we didn't ask about, but, you know, any coach will tell you that's the most important hire, right? That's that's one of the, the good cliches of college football right now is how important your strength your strength coach is to the overall success of your program. So, yeah, he's been a busy guy. And, and that's on top of, you know, and some of the things we forget about with the human element, you got to move. You got you got to got to move. You got to leave Norman, and you got to find schools, and you got to get things you know going in the right direction on the home front as well. So yeah, I would imagine uh, Jeff Levy's probably looking forward to tomorrow, and he, he might as much as a college football coach can uh, sort of go radio silent for a few days after that. Do you think coaches have less stuff? You, you know, you no, you, I think they have they have more stuff because they have money. First off, they have money, so they can buy stuff. Uh, and then they have, like, a ton of memorabilia and stuff. You know, they, they have game balls and pictures and and jerseys and stuff like that that, you know, the average fan does, might You might have, like, if you're a fan, you might, in your man cave, you might have one frame jersey. Jeff Levy probably has, like, ten. Yeah, I guess so. I mean, look, you, you've made plenty of me for uh, plenty of fun of me for how many times we've moved, and I, and I understand. I don't mind moving per se, like from one house to another. What I hate is the process of moving, packing everything up. I mean, there are things that are, that we have a storage unit that have been in that storage unit in boxes so long that the boxes have collapsed and stuff is falling out of the bottom of them that we have not used for, I don't know, the last three houses that we've been in. And yet they're still sitting there. And if you move to another city, it's like you got to move all that stuff too. Not to me, I don't know. I think if I were a coach that was having to move, you know, climb that ladder every couple of years, I would try to streamline the amount of stuff uh, a little bit. But maybe not. Maybe maybe your point is a good one. I don't know. I mean, yeah, everywhere you go, you you get your first win, your first SEC win. So there's a game ball, and they just keep piling up. You keep putting players in the pros. They send you stuff. I mean, that's just that's just how it goes. What do they do with all the old clothes and stuff that they get? Give them away on the way out of town. So I don't. Yeah, I knew. I remember uh, a couple of uh, not coaches, but uh, assistant ads. I was friends with when they got new jobs. They just basically held like it wasn't even a yard sale. They were like, just come take it, and talking about hundreds, not just hundreds of pieces of clothing, of shirts and pullovers and, and everything else. So, yeah, if you know those guys and you wear a size that fits, you can you can make out pretty good there. I like this one also. Coaches get the uh, kind of movers that do all the work for them, though. Yeah, but even That's if true. you have somebody that moves you, you still have to do somewhat of, a, like, organizing and get it boxed up. And and then they, they take care of that. I don't know. Um, good to be with you this afternoon. I, here's a question I've got for you, hey, Dad. So, rebuild, reset, start over, describe it however you want to. You become the head football coach at Mississippi State. And, and you look at the history of Mississippi State football and you go, okay, Jackie Sherrill had some success. It wasn't necessarily sustained success, but there I mean, there was an SEC Western Division championship mixed in there, a lot of bowl games mixed in there. It wasn't every year. But but 
there were success under Jackie Sherrill. Dan Mullen yeah. built this into a thing where it was sustained success, but it wasn't necessarily the highest of highs. But it was winning year after year after year. Joe Moore had had some success. Mike Leach had some success. If you take this job, are you trying to build the program in the image or with the tendencies that any of these previous coaches have used that have worked, that have led to success, you're just trying to sustain it, or are you trying to go with an entirely different model? I think you have to take some things from from, from winners, right? And that's not, not even coaches who've coached at Mississippi State, just coaches who have won. You know, I, I think it would be foolish to think that, that Jeff Levy won't take some of his, his thoughts on running a program from Lane Kiffin. I mean, he's, he worked under the man. He saw what worked and what didn't for Lane Kiffin. And so he'll add that to him. So, I mean, yeah, I would, you'd want to take what Mullen was able to do in terms of evaluating, uh, undervalued players. You know, that's, that's a, I think at Mississippi State, that's a key year in and year out. They need to be able to get those diamonds in the rough because they, they year in, year out aren't going to get four and five star players. Uh, if you wanted to take something from, from, from Jackie Sherrill, I always thought Jackie Sherrill coached with a lot of confidence that he believed in his guys. And so that's maybe that's something you want to take from there. You know, from, from Mike Leach, maybe you take the, the sense of I'm going to do things my way and, and that's the way it's going to be. So you take, you take from those guys and, and what was made them successful. And then you look at what didn't make them successful. For, for Mullen, I would immediately point out that he wasn't the most relentless recruiter in the world. Um, for, for Coach Leach, Allegedly. I think sometimes, well, I mean, I feel like I've got the, uh, the receipts on that one. Uh, and then for Leach, you know, maybe it's just a little bit of, yeah, he, he didn't, he did things his own way, but sometimes maybe he did them to a fault and maybe you need to be a little bit more flexible every now and then. So that's how maybe I would look at it. Take things from successful coaches, no matter where they coached. Sports Talk Mississippi, streaming at supertalk.fm and supertalk TV. Glad to be with you on this Tuesday afternoon, the 19th of December. When I last spoke to uh, Will East yesterday, he told me that he had not bought a single Christmas present yet. Will, has that changed in the last 30 hours? Nope. Mm. I'm glad I'm not really good friends with you. (laughs) Time's a ticking. Ticking, ticking, ticking. We're back after this. Talk Mississippi. Here we, here we go, go. Super Talk Mississippi. No free promos for Sprite. Somebody said I was pulling a Nick Saban with a uh, Coke can in the background, except it was Sprite, so I just turned my computer. Well, uh, <laughs> not do, not doing the freebies. If Sprite wants to advertise on Sports Talk Mississippi, just shoot, shoot an email to heydad at supertalk.fm. We'll set up a deal immediately. If, if Sprite wants to be the official soft drink of Sports Talk Mississippi, I'll balance a can on my head every day if that's what we need to do. Sure, why not? I don't, I don't know that I've ever drank a whole Sprite, but I would. Really? I would for the right price. Oh, yeah. Uh, I'm, not, I'm not big on lemon-lime soda things. 
Well, can I get a ruling? Is that weird? That is weird. I think lime is the most, or lemon is the most favorite flavor of most Americans. They tick that box before cherry or anything else. I mean, I, I put lemon juice on stuff I cook, but I'm not I'm not a big lemon. You don't think don't you've like ever had a whole Sprite? Yeah, no, I, I know that I haven't had a whole Sprite. That's weird, or man. Or 7-Up or Mountain Dew or... Mellow Yellow, for that for that matter. Mountain Dew is not the same thing as Sprite. I know it's not, but I'm just saying all of these citrusy sodas, I, I don't drink them. Oh, I would not describe Mountain Dew as citrusy. I'll have to take your word for it, because I ain't never had one. <laughs> okay. You've never had one? No. Nah. Well, how do you know nah. you don't like it? Well, I don't. I just, I like what I like, and I haven't branched out. I don't like lemon-lime Gatorade, really, either. I've had uh, lemon-lime what? Gatorade, though. I've I've had lemon lime Gatorade plenty of times because that, that was, was the what, only flavor for like thirty eight years. Nah, they had orange. I, I I was an orange kid growing up, and then when they had when they came out with grape, I switched to grape. Grape Gatorade is my favorite. For for, for as many minutes, hours, days, weeks, months, years as I am on this earth, I will associate orange Gatorade with what my mom got for me when I was sick growing up. Now I'm not saying that's the only time I've had orange Gatorade, but I think. Mm-hmm. Every time that ever in my life, as a as a child, that I was sick, orange Gatorade was what my mom got for me. Every time. There you go. Every time. There you go. Mine was uh, a Seven Up for some reason, and it just supposedly it's, it settles a, 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 an upset stomach. A yeah, seven I think Up or Sprite. Old timey advertisements probably had that yeah. in there. Well, you've be. never had an upset stomach be. before, though, hey Dad, right? So, so you never had a reason <laughs> yeah. to try. I've had, I've had plenty of those, but I, I, you know, that's why I keep. Hold on, it's like I keep the, uh, the the Tums chewables. No, no free advertisement <laughs> right here by the uh, by the by the microphone at Within all times. Reach. <laughs> Within reach at all times. You know, I don't need a Tums very often, but when you need a Tums and you can't find one, that is one of the most disconcerting feelings ever. <laughs> like if you get like the refluxy feeling and you're like, I, I need it. Yeah, yeah. And, and they're not. Yeah. Hey, stealing a page from the Michael Borky playbook, this just in, people like football. Uh, bowl week one. Ratings and TV viewing audiences. Hey, Dad, have you looked at this chart? I have not. All right. So, for the Independence Bowl, New Orleans Bowl, Myrtle Beach Bowl, Celebration Bowl, which is Mac and Sw- uh, 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 Swack and Miak, the Cure Bowl, and the LA Bowl, how many of those games would you anticipate fetched over 1 million viewers? Oh gosh, uh, most of them, I would imagine. I mean, how, how many was it total? Five. Uh, there were there were six, six of them. Six, four of them, four of them. If by most of them you meant all of them, then you would be correct. I, I meant all of them, all of them. The the lowest viewed game among those six, Texas Tech and Cal, Independence Bowl, one point oh two million with a 9.15 Eastern time kickoff on Saturday night. The New Orleans Bowl with Jacksonville State and Louisiana did $1.09 million. The Myrtle Beach Bowl, Saturday morning, Ohio and Georgia Southern had a 10 a.m. Central time kickoff, $1.2 million. million and a half people for the Celebration Bowl. The Cure Bowl 
which was a 3.30 Eastern kickoff on Saturday afternoon, did $1.95 million. And then the uh, the Saturday night game. They got game, my business. Yep. Saturday night game on ABC, UCLA-Boise State, did uh, just shy of $2.4 million. So the, um, the only bowl game of the opening round of bowl week that did less than a million viewers was the New Mexico Bowl with Fresno State and New Mexico State. That was 845,000 viewers. Why there's so. so many bowls? There it is. There's your answer. People watch. Because people watch. There are two hours remaining of this radio program. The dulcet tones of Brian Haydad and Will East will carry you the rest of the way this afternoon. I, uh, it's like Survivor. Ready. In the last hour, it's just Will. <laughs> <laughs> That's an hour of radio you don't want to miss. I've got Western Carolina and Vanderbilt from uh, from lovely Oxford, Mississippi this afternoon. The Catamounts. Yes. Hey, they've got a dude that can play, too. So, we'll see. Well, it's all about it tomorrow. And we will, uh, we will do just that. More Sports Talk Mississippi coming up from the Pearl River Resort Studio right after this. More Sports Talk Mississippi now. Now. going to be the greatest test of my skills ever here. Chelsea and Newcastle in a penalty shootout in the quarterfinals of the Carabao Cup. This is normally where I would be praying that Borky and Richard start talking about NIL or playoff expansion or God knows what so that I could just zone out for a minute and watch the, my soccer The game. ratings of the Cure Bowl or something like that, right? Yes, yes just <laughs> literally anything that I'm not interested in. But instead... It is on me to carry the show here. Brian Haydad here with you. Will East is in Studio X. It's Sports Talk Mississippi. Uh, I've come to you from the Pearl River Resort Studios. Good day. Good day. Good day to talk to Coach Levy, or as I like to call him, Zach. <laughs> and uh, <laughs> you, you go back a, and watch that and watch a, watch Richard's face. Richard does kind of like a. I like will. A, something okay. wrong. All right. You know. Even Ty Cobb struck out every now and then. I mean, you know, Michael Jordan didn't make every shot he took. So my text to uh, Haydad after us. that was uh, call him Dan next and see if you just go down the And then call him Jackie and then just go on down the list. Uh, ooh, Newcastle missed. There we go. Very good. Uh, just, yeah. So, Rocky, uh, how, how far could I get? Emery, Bob, Emery. Charlie. I think Emery would give it away. Emory would be like, did you? He might have stopped the interview and be like, did you just call me Emory? <laughs> yeah. Is that is that not who your name? Is that not your name? Oh my bad, Jim. Ah, uh, yeah. Let's talk about the uh, the transfer portal. Normally, when I'm alone and talking about the transfer portal, there's a sound effect. Do you have that handy? Do you? I don't have, you have it my handy. transfer portal music. What's the transfer oh, that's portal? A shame. It's just the Wayne's World. I've got the Robbie Cruton uh, song. Uh, somewhere around whoa, whoa, here. Whoa, 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 whoa. What do you mean, Robbie? Oh, is it Joel? What do you mean, Joel? It's where they're going, Cruton, 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 Cruton. What do you mean, they? Oh, is that you? That's me. Oh, I thought that was Robbie. I'm sorry. 
That's me singing that. Really? I, I've yeah. got to find it now. It's somewhere around here. I got the voice for it, yeah. Yeah. I did not That's know me that. with the uh the with the strings of Jerry Reed and Chet Atkins behind me there. <laughs> on the guitar. I've got to find it now. I've got to do a little listen. Well, while he looks, let's talk about the transfer portal. Mississippi State, some some of the action coming in, some going out. One of those weird days. So State picks up a, a commitment earlier today from Marlon Martinez, a, a reserve offensive lineman, who, a few career starts, or as Borky would say, four-time career starter uh, at LSU. But had had you know LSU had those couple of great young tackles these past few years. And uh, so he had gone to the second string. But I think he's a quality pickup for Mississippi State. They've done really, really well on the offensive line uh, this to this point with Minor now in McHale and Pounders and now with Martinez. They're, they're building that offensive line in front of Blake Shapin. So you, you like that for sure. But the, the I guess the biggest news of the day for portal-wise for State is that a guy uh, who stepped out, uh, has stepped back in, or I guess that's the other way around. He stepped in and now he's back out, and that's Corey Ellington. State could not afford to lose all of these guys that that, that had hit the portal uh, in their in their secondary, and uh, they didn't. They didn't. Chelsea wins. Chelsea wins. Good days. Good times. All right. Appreciate you not making fun of me. I, I found you. I found the music. Uh, Here we go. It's not. I've been using that song since uh, the B and B show days. Well, me and Bob. Sounds like Robbie. I mean, you changed my mind. It's not though. It's not. It's it is it is Brian Matthew Haydad, Esquire. Uh, something like that. Anyway, Corey Ellington back out of the trail. I love the guys. Are like, I'm in. I'm out. Snip, snap, snip, snap. <laughs> they, they, they can't make up their mind. But Corey Ellington coming back, that's big for Mississippi State. And there's a lot of, of smoke around the idea that MSU cornerback DeCarlos Nicholson will also be making a return uh, to Mississippi State. That would be two big pieces for the Bulldogs. You know, they, they just lost DeCameron Richardson to Ole Miss uh, just yesterday. Sean Preston obviously out uh, graduating. Marcus Banks graduating. So getting Ellington and Nicholson back gives them just some more flexibility. They need guys. I've been saying it for the past few weeks on Thunder and Lightning. They need guys. They they just need some bodies. They got to fill out a depth chart at some point. But at least with Nicholson and and, and now with Ellington back and Nicholson, you know, rumored to be coming back, uh, you have the opportunity there to to have experienced SEC football players. So that's that's good news for Mississippi State there. Uh, Surprisingly, shockingly, to this point, no transfer news today that I've seen for Ole Miss. I don't. What's going on? This might be the first they, day where we have. They had. lost the touch up there. What's going on? I thought they were bringing in a guy a day. It's. It seems like. Yeah, I mean, it's. It's incredible. And somehow, Colorado is, is still ranked ahead of them in the transfer portal rankings. However, they come up with wow. those. Yeah. So. Here's the thing I, I've, I've been wanting to ask about Ole Miss, and I, I guess I'm going to ask you, but you may not know. But it feels like it has been one-way traffic for Ole Miss in the portal. It's been guys yeah. coming in. And 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 none of their their guys who you thought might leave to go to the NFL, or go to, they're all staying. At some point, there has to be an outgoing, right? Because that you can't have 125 guys on scholarship. It's not Bear Bryant in 1971 Alabama there anymore. 
Is it going to be after the spring? You think that Ole Miss is just going to say, "Okay, now is where"? I mean, are they really yeah. going to have like a like a, a almost a tryout situation in spring practice? As the old saying goes, the numbers will work themselves out. There will be players that, that'll that look is, at the depth chart and go, "You know what? I'd be better off at UTEP, or I'd be better off somewhere else." And you've seen a couple guys enter the transfer portal, just a handful here and there. Uh, so that doesn't surprise me. But yeah, a lot of players returning for. What is now what fifth, sixth year? I know I saw Caleb Warren. Warren is returning on the offensive line. So uh, JJ Pegues obviously announced earlier. Caleb Prescorn announced uh, a few days ago that he's returning. So a lot of players returning to make a run at a pretty special 2024 for the Rebels. Uh, yeah, you don't see that yeah. that often. I, one of the good things about NIL, I think, in my opinion, uh, a lot of people talk about the negative of NIL is. You have players that would normally have to test the waters of the NFL draft, or maybe getting you know picked up in uh, as an unsigned free agent, now can come back because of NIL money. They can you know they need to make right. some cash. They can afford to come back yeah. now and play another year. They're they're you know of course COVID we have six year seniors, but uh, come back and play another year. Whereas in years past, I mean, how many players have we seen over the years go pro and not do anything? They may get picked up here or there, but they ultimately don't get signed to the 53-man roster for an NFL team. And they did it basically because they needed the cash. Right. And now NIL gives them that opportunity. So I, I, I agree. I'm an NIL guy. I, I'm, I'm all in favor of NIL. Maybe, may, sorry for being a capitalist. You know, yeah. comrades you know, out there on the text line or every day talking about how NIL has ruined everything. Uh, so sorry to hear that I've ruined great, glorious <laughs> sport of college football for you. No, I'm all about it, man. Get your money. Get it while you, while you can. Get it while you're young. You know, you don't want to be sitting around at 48 and looking around going, crap. <laughs> that's, that's what I do on a only thing I got, basis. you know, I don't have a, a handful of cash within arm's reach. I got a handful of tums within arm's reach. That's it. Got my tums. I got my tums. I got my Super Talk tumbler, which I keep at all times. What full flavor of, uh, of tums water. do you have? This is the tums uh, chewy bites assorted berries. Oh, so it's almost like Skittles. It's as close to Skittles as you can get. <laughs> so, and this, I don't pull a Burt Kreischer here. This is water. I keep water in here, not 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 a sixty four ounce Kool Aid, uh, and and, that, and I also have my uh, my Ron Polk here at all times, always looking oh, down, look at that. always giving me great advice. My Ron Polk uh, statue. I've got right here. What do you got there? That's from Dragon Ball Z, Baby I Yoda? believe. No, I think that's oh, from Dragon okay. Ball yeah, no, no, Z. That's, I see what that is. I know what that is. Yeah, that's Rhinos. Yeah, right. That's yeah. That's that's got to be Rhinos. I think he touches it, you know, for good luck. Yeah. Well, I, I mean, I get it. I get it. So, the big story today in the uh, in the transfer portal is what's happening at USC. They have had, I believe, four five star players from last year's class hit the portal. So I just assume a that they'll all end up at Ole Miss, and b that USC. I don't I don't know what's going on there, man. You know that's a program that Lincoln Riley left Oklahoma, and you know I thought okay he'll be very successful there at USC, and they they're losing players, and it, you know I, I know they they got Will Howard out of the transfer portal, the Kansas State quarterback, but that move cost them Malachi Nelson, the nation's top rated quarterback uh, from a season ago. So there are some big time players from USC uh, currently in the portal, and and you know, gosh, they're going to end up somewhere, and somebody's going to get some some big time players out of that. So 
the portal has it, it does giveth and taketh away. It's interesting to see though when it only taketh away. You know what? What is a team going to do? And so we'll, with USC, a big time program that you know they went seven and five this year. Uh, and what happens pretty next year? bad? They, <laughs> a lot of times. Yeah. Like what happens next year when they when they when they do the same thing maybe over again and eek. You know, Lincoln Riley could. Lincoln Riley's another guy that might be trying to find that NFL landing spot sooner rather than later. All right, let's come back in just a minute and let's talk some hoops. We got a good year for hoops going in the state of Mississippi. Let's talk about that. This is Sports Talk Mississippi. We'll be right back. Here comes more Sports Talk Mississippi. You ready, guys? On Super Talk Mississippi. I'm the only one on the screen now. What? Where'd you go? I feel so alone when you're not when you. I don't kind of can't. I was see listening you to your recruiting song. It's it's a banger, as, as, <laughs> as the kids good. say. It's pretty catchy. One day I was just sitting there. I was like, we need we need something with some pizzazz for recruiting. <laughs> and since you couldn't like, come up with anything, cachet. you got that. I got you. I got you. I, I got that. You. And after 16 hours. Of self-reflection, <laughs> I, I just happened to say, "What if I were to overlay uh, me saying Cruton over and over again on top of Jerry's breakdown by Jerry Reed and Chet Atkins?" Which I, I you should play. You should play it without my my, my vocals. It's a really it's really good guitar playing. It's, it's some good picking and playing. You should get a royalty every time we play that. You'd have almost 60 Well, make cents. it happen, Captain. Yeah. 60 cents every time? But no, you're going to have a no, recruiting no, segment every no. show. No, no. Every show. So. Uh, Mississippi State basketball, Ole Miss basketball, men's and women's, this might be the best year for basketball that I can ever remember in this state. All four teams right now are, are, are on pace to be an NCAA tournament team. And the team you might say... You're, you're, you got the least amount. I don't know. If faith is the right word, but um, the least amount of, of 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 evidence for is the Ole Miss men's team. Oh, and they're just one of the only four undefeated teams left in the country. Granted, they haven't played the toughest schedule at this point, but they're winning these games. Beat Memphis, and these are games. Yeah, these are games that a year ago they would not have won. They would not have won. They they would have three or four losses at, at, at this point already. If you haven't watched State, a game, yeah. well, back to Ole Miss just real, real quick. If you haven't watched a game yet, they're very exciting. They're good defense, obviously. And I watched all of their game against Cal. I believe it was Saturday or Sunday. Um, mm-hmm. Incredible three point shooting. I mean, it, mm-hmm. it, they were they were just really fun to watch and. Ole Miss, just the past couple of years, it's been, what, since Marshall Henderson days, since they've been just really fun to watch. Right, right, yeah. State was that way, too, under Howland. It was just like every game was pulling teeth. Yeah. And and, you've, you, and especially now they've got these, these transfers in, uh, Cissé and Murray, looking like they're going to be uh, you know good players for, for, for Ole Miss. Morrell, if, if you've kept up with Ole Miss the past couple of years, you know he's a talented 
uh, player. And then you got this kid, Jamarian Sharp, who I, I enjoy watching. He's as tall as a hippopotamus is wide. <laughs> I mean, he is just a big kid. Uh, they, they, they've got some pieces there. And, and Chris Beard is a good coach who has taken teams to the tournament before at all different schools. You know, so, I mean, the fact that he, I, I knew he would be successful eventually. It, it may be a little faster than we thought, but you could say the same thing for last year with Chris Chance. You know, with Jans, you're like, okay, good coach. He'll get it figured out. But you didn't know that in year one it was going to be that way. And he got, you know, I think Beard and Jans have both been successful in getting their players to buy in to what they're selling and to what they're coaching. Last year's state was, guys, it's tough for us to shoot. We don't have good shooters. But we can play hardcore defense every single night, and they did, and that carried them all the way to the NCAA tournament. Now, can that be the same for Ole Miss this year? I don't know. I'm interested to see what they look like when conference play starts. You know, with State last year, you had those wins over Marquette and Utah that you were like, okay, those are good wins, and, and you'll see where they go. Ole Miss hasn't had that. The Memphis game is probably their best win at this point, so we'll see where it takes them. State looks like Tolu Smith could be back this weekend. Really? Um, maybe for sure. Yeah, for sure. I would think he's going to be back next weekend, but he's back practicing full speed. So um, they play. Utah. He's not wearing a boot anymore. They play Rutgers. Rut- Rutgers this weekend. Play. They play up in up in Jersey. They're going to stop by Satriali's. Uh, uh, get a gabagool, provolone, and vinegar peppers uh, sandwich. <laughs> um, you know, you can go get a sub. Anything you want. That's what they're gonna. That's what Coach James is gonna tell them when the bus stops. Um, so I, I don't know if if Tolu's playing this week, but I would imagine he's definitely back next week when they play Bethune Cookman, and then should be good to go going into conference play. Might be a situation where they bring him off the bench this weekend uh, and, and sort of see how he feels. Um, but uh, again, you know, he's he has been be- he's been back practicing since Friday. Didn't play this past Sunday in Tupelo, the game against North Texas, which was an interesting game. State has right now has like four games. They have dominate from the start and dominate throughout. They have slow start and then dominate to finish. They have dominate to start and then finish slow and have to hold on for dear life. And then they have the Southern game, which was just play terrible. Those are the four options for Mississippi State. They went with option B on Choose Sunday. They started out very slow. Yeah, they started out very slow and uh, were down 11 in the first half, but then went on, I think it was a 35-11 to 11 run over the next two, you know, first at the end of the first half, beginning of the second half, and they end up winning by, I, th- I think the final score was 72-54. I don't have it right in front of me. But they, they got the game won pretty easily. So State, I feel pretty confident, will continue to play well. Ole Miss is playing well enough that I'm not going to bet against them right now. And then you have the women. Both of the women's squads are, are very, very good this year. Jessica Carter being back for State has been a, a big help. She was the SEC Player of the Week today, has, has had three straight double-doubles. And then Coach Yo has done a great job at Ole Miss of building up that program. You know, when she got there, that program, kind of where the men's program was this year, uh, her, her turnaround was not as immediate uh, as Chris Beards has been thus far. But she's got that program in a great place. And then Sam Purcell, State's program is such an interesting one in that they've had, let me do the math here, in the last four years, in the last five years, they've had four head coaches. Right? You had Schaefer, then he leaves. You have one year with Nikki McCray penson then she leaves to focus on her health and then unfortunately lost her battle uh, with, with cancer. You have Doug Novak, who does a year Kind of as an int- sort of sort of the same situation that Zach Arnett was in, to be totally honest with you. But yeah. he never lost the interim tag. 
uh, doesn't get the full-time job, and then you have Purcell. So you think, well, that's a program that's got to be in really bad shape. But they're also only five years away from being in the Elite Eight. And, you know, seven years ago they played for a national title. So they're not that far removed from big, big success. Both of those teams were tournament teams last year, Ole Miss making it into the Sweet 16, State losing in the second round after getting out of the play-in game. They, the, the longest, they, they were the first ever play-in game winner to win the next game, the first-round game of the NCAA tournament. And it feels like both of those programs are on really good footing. When we get to March, you know, normally these past few years, Will, it's been like, ah, oh, we're in March. It's baseball time here in Mississippi. Mm-hmm. We could very well have four tournament teams to be talking about when we get there. <clears throat> Basketball, when it's fun, it's fun. I mean, when it's going, it, there's nothing better. It, it's almost like the perfect game for just – it's got that constant level of excitement. There's not a whole lot of letdown. When it's good, when it's bad, right? and it's been bad, especially so bad. the Ole Miss side of things, it's been bad and – could not be more checked out. That Chris Beard is so he's so fun to watch when he interacts with pretty much anybody, but especially like the refs and stuff. You know, he'll get on mm-hmm. to them, you know, and then they'll kind of like you know raise an eyebrow, and he he knows to immediately drop what he's doing. He smiles, you know, pats him, and then goes about his way. Uh, and those kids, they are they're playing a relentless style, especially on the defensive uh, side of the court. Um, very fun to watch and. Ole Miss being ranked, what, for the first time since 2019, I believe. I can't believe it's been that mm-hmm. long. Um, they're ranked 25 right now. Uh, Memphis is ranked 20, 23rd, I guess, because of the net rankings. But, uh, yeah, basketball back. And I'm ready to see Ole Miss and the state get back in the, the swing of things and start being a, a force yeah. to be reckoned with again. Yeah, I, I think we're all, you know, in the SEC, you know, in football, obviously Ole Miss is having a lot of success this year, but we know that there's a gap between Ole Miss and then Georgia-Alabama at the very top of the conference in football. But that doesn't exist in basketball. You know, Mississippi State and Ole Miss can compete for the SEC championship on a regular basis in, in basketball and in baseball, obviously. So, you know, that's a great thing. And and that that goes for both men and women, in my opinion. I know in women's basketball, LSU and South Carolina have had the, the, the run of things lately. But that, that that's, does not mean that Mississippi State, who won an SEC title, I guess, in 2018 or 2019, whenever that was, uh, can't do it. And that Mississippi State and, and, and Ole Miss can't do it as well. It, it's it's certainly a very doable thing. Some some fans on the, uh, the text line, who I believe are of a uh, – a red and blue variety reminded me that Mississippi State lost to Southern. Yeah, yeah, I know, and that's the reason their net is uh, yeah, like twenty five. <laughs> yeah, it's, I think their net I'm right aware. now. I have to double check it, but but you know, it's why it's not in the top ten as opposed to to where it is right this second. I haven't I haven't checked the net the way I need to be checking it. Mississippi State currently, where are they? They're thirty fifth. They would be in the top twenty if they had didn't have that quad four loss. Uh, where is Ole Miss on the uh, on the old net these days? Sixty-two. That's a big jump. They were down in the nineties. Yeah, uh, not not long ago. So they're they're just steadily making their way forward. Their next three games for Ole Miss are against teams they should they should be undefeated when conference play rolls around. Um, was they play twelve Troy tonight. Twelve and a thirteen and zero, something like that. Yeah, yeah. They play Troy tonight. They have USM this weekend down on the coast. And then they play Bryant. Bryant's not very good either. State with Rutgers Saturday. That's, that's That will be a, an interesting game up there in New Jersey. And then they finish with Bethune-Cookman before they go to conference uh, play. We'll talk a little bit more about Ole Miss and F- Ole Miss football. We've talked so much about transfers, I feel like we're forgetting that, hey, they got a really good team. 
like without the transfers. Let's talk about that when we come back. Sports Talk Mississippi. Back in just a minute. Super Talk Mississippi. Check this out. Are you ready? Yeah. Sports Talk Mississippi. You know, when they bring up the great one-hit wonders of all time, this song never makes the cut. Like, this guy didn't do anything else. You know what he did after this song? You know what he? I think. He, Why do I feel like it's going to be outrageous? Oh, and it not is. connected to music in any any way, shape, or form. Did Norman Greenbaum, um, yeah, who's Jewish. Of course, this song's about Jesus, uh, which makes sense. Uh, he became a goat farmer. Okay, I kid you not. That's what he did after. Okay, okay. Now this song, I don't know what his royalty rights are or any of that stuff, but. Uh, I would imagine he doesn't really have to work a whole lot if he still has yeah. some of the royalties. Return of the Titans alone got him some money on this one. Yeah, I mean, been in a lot of movies, yeah. played on a lot of radio stations, iconic song. Yeah. He's do- That's all you have. He's really doing have all do. right. He and his goats. Get that? So. Ma- they call that mailbox money. Hey, Dad. I call it cross money. That's what I call it. <laughs> it's, you know. You do well, he still you has to get up and, and come in. to work every afternoon. I mean, Norman Greenbaum could sit there and take care of his goats. Does he? He, doesn't have is to. He, he does? Is he working right now? I don't see him. Do you see him? <clears throat> no. So there you go. There it is. I'm Brian Haydad. He's Will East. This is Sports Talk Mississippi with a different cast of characters than we normally have. Where's Michael Borky? He's on vacation. Where's Richard Cross? He's doing a basketball game. So I'm here. So is Will. Uh, let's talk a little football here. Of the old Miss variety, you know, you know how w- when Christmas comes and you get a new toy, and you and you f- you forget about the old toys that it's you know we've all seen Toy Story, you know you get the Buzz Lightyear and you you forget about Woody who's been there. For all you. <laughs> I feel like we're sort of that way right now, and it's not just Ole Miss fans; it's a lot of us here that you know we've seen all these transfers come in. And you're like, man, they are really loading up with these guys for next year. The reason Ole Miss is going to be good next year is the guys that are already there. It's Dart, it's Judkins, it's the receivers. Those those are the guys that are going to carry that team. Hey, they they need the defensive help. Don't 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 get that twisted, right? We all saw what happened against Georgia. They need they need you know Juice Wells feels like a luxury, but man, what a luxury to have one of the best all-purpose players uh, in the conference when he's healthy. But Dart and Judkins to me are are, are are you know that that's the engine. That's what makes that that team go. And I think one of the reasons Ole Miss has been so good this year is it's twofold. They're better defensively, obviously, and Golding has done a really good job with them uh, this season. You know, he he elevated their play to to a high level. He, they're not a defense that can just go out and shut teams down, but they make big plays. They get sacks, they force turnovers, they put you in long yardage situations. Yeah, if you're a team like Georgia or Alabama who can just sustain drives with your running game. Yeah, you can beat Ole Miss, but if you're not a team like that, well, you didn't beat Ole Miss, and that's why they're ten and two on the season. The other reason I thought they were much better this year is I just thought Dart got a lot better, and I was 
I, the offseason, I asked a lot of questions about, like, why is Ole Miss bringing in all these quarterbacks, right? I understand Walker Howard for the future, but with Spencer Sanders, and we, I don't think we've mentioned it yet, Spencer Sanders not playing in the Peach Bowl, declared academically ineligible. Who That's even knew that was a story. thing? Who even knew? I did. No, I did because Fred Smoot was declared academically ineligible for, before the Independence Bowl really? back in 2000. He didn't play in that game. Yeah, you know, you, you got to you got to pass your final exams to, to play. And so Spencer Sanders, his story is one of the most unusual stories. I know he got a good NIL deal from Ole Miss, but that was a guy who I thought had some NFL potential. Like he had good a good career at Oklahoma State. And he didn't. He didn't do anything his senior year, and I don't know what he's going. I don't know what that's going to take him. But and he's done. I that's mean, he's a credit not to play. Yeah, he's obviously. done. Yep. He's, got, he's got no no years left. So, but that's credit to Dart though that Dart took it on the chin. A lot of coach. A lot of quarterbacks. When you see, okay, the coach is bringing in a, a, this this veteran guy. I, maybe I need to walk. Maybe I need to find a way to transfer out of here or or something. Dart didn't do that. He 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 got better. He became a better football player, a better quarterback. He's obviously a great leader. I think that team really responds to him well. Um, and, you know, next year in a year where, you know, we, we talked about quarterbacks this season coming into the year and we thought, well, you know, Jaden Daniels is good and, and, and KJ Jefferson's going to be good. And beyond that, you got, you know, with Will Rogers and Dart, you got some guys you can, you're experienced with, but, you wouldn't have called any of those guys elite. Now, Jaden Daniels ended up becoming elite, obviously, but before the season, no. Next year is a year where there are elite quarterbacks in the SEC. You know, right off the top of your head, the 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 the, the top three guys are all going to be Heisman candidates in Jalen Milrow, in Quinn Ewers, and in Carson Beck. And then I, I think Dart is that next guy. So I don't know that Dart's a Heisman guy for sure, but he is a guy. Like the the decision to, for who you're going to put on your ballot for all SEC is going to be a tough one mm-hmm. because with Dart. He's he's going to be surrounded by playmakers, right? He gives you running yards, which is something Beck's not really going to give you, and Ewers isn't really going to give you. So, from a, from a yardage standpoint, Milrow and Dart are the two better runners. Um, his t- his schedule is such that you know I'm not saying their schedule's easy. They're in the SEC, but it it lines up really well. I mean, yeah. Ole Miss has a very very legitimate chance to be seven and zero. I think it's seven and zero when they play Oklahoma and Oxford, which will be. The craziest Saturday of college football ever in Oxford, and that that will be saying something. That is saying something to say that. But if Ole Miss is seven zero when Oklahoma comes into town, that is a massive, massive day for the Ole Miss Rebels. I mean, Dart is just a really, really good football player, and then you have Judkins, who I mean, not a lot of guys can say, oh, they took a step back in, in their sophomore year and they still led the league in touchdowns. You know, yeah, he, he got off to such a slow start, but by the end of the year, he was humming. Yeah. And, it, and it, to me, uh, Quinshawn Jenkins is still the best running back in the SEC. He's still he's still the number one guy there. And then you add those receivers. I love Prescorn. I think that this offense, you 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 can see the difference having a difference maker at tight end makes for Ole Miss when they had Yaboa. That that offense was humming. And then when they didn't have him and they were just trying to figure it out there at the tight end position, they weren't as reliable. And then this year, Priestcorn gave them uh, another another dimension uh, to, to that offense. And him coming back is huge. Trey Harris, I mean, just a fantastic wide receiver for Ole Miss. Really, really good football player. Um, they just they just have weapons, you know, in, in front of him. Uh, they need to be a little bit better on the offensive yeah. line this year. Or this coming well, season, I, but two two things I would say that yeah, as far as quarterbacks are concerned, competition. I believe competition makes you better in all things. 
And I think that bringing in Sanders gave a little bit more competition. You know, they obviously you don't know what the future holds, but they obviously were fine if they didn't have Sanders. They they would have made it. But I think they bringing him in had that, that little bit of competition that maybe pushed Dart over the edge. And he he played hurt a good bit of the year. Um, as far as the offense as a whole, I think that Georgia game really opened Mm -hmm. Kiffin's eyes and said, I thought we were here, but we're actually Mm -hmm. way behind, and we're going to have to step up our game. Because as you and I both know, the game is won and lost in the trenches. You can have all Mm -hmm. the receivers, running backs, the trenches are where the game is won and lost. And Georgia just pushed Ole Miss around Mm -hmm. on the offensive line, on the defensive line, and that's the one area. Where Ole Miss and they're they're bringing the uh, uh, Caleb Warren's coming back, Pettis will be back, uh, a lot of players will be back, and that's but that's the one area where they haven't addressed. Is yet. James back for them, or is he gone? Uh, I'm not I'm not sure. I think okay. Jaden um, um, Williams is back, but that's the one area where they'll probably address that after the bowl games are concerned. They've already brought in the the one Southern yeah. Miss uh, player who's who's very versatile, Traquan Scott. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's where I see them like concentrating. Really, I mean, yes, on they brought mm-hmm. in Juice Wells because they, they didn't have to. They, they really they, don't they, have they, a they, lot. They didn't need to go out and get receivers and, and running backs. And I they think a big them. a big reason why they they focused on him was because they lost Dayton Wade. Obviously, he said he's going mm-hmm. to test the waters of the NFL. And you saw how thin they were in that Alabama game where they basically had no receivers. Trey Harris walked out there, you know. <sighs> Pretty, I, I would say that he was injured. He, he didn't have a huge impact in the game. Uh, and then they had some other injuries. Uh, Prescore didn't play in that game, so that was another receiver that you didn't have. So I think that adding Juice Wells just adds a little bit of depth to the receiver core. But the offensive line, I think that's going to be the next focus of their transfer portal additions when the bowl games are over with. Yeah. What people forget with the transfer portal is that, you know, I know signing day is tomorrow, but that's for high school. That's for yeah. some junior college guys. Transfer portal, we, we've got you know another full month before you, know, you have your final ad drop dates at, at, at Ole Miss and Mississippi State. There's still plenty of time, and there'll be another you know rush uh, after the uh, after the spring as well. Now, you can't get SEC guys in after that, but you can get you guys from all over the place that they're going to you know people who lose a position battle or just don't feel comfortable about where they are on the depth chart at whatever school. So and and. As these bowl games continue, as they get played, more and more players are going to get in. And so you're going to see players from places like Alabama, Texas, Georgia, Florida State, those guys, they're going to start hitting the portal. And Ole Miss as, as well. Some of their guys will hit the portal after the Peach Bowl. But they want to go to the Peach Bowl right now and, and, and enjoy that good time. So We don't talk a lot about Alcorn here on the, uh, the program, but... Something happened today down in Lorman that caught my attention. I was, I was very, very surprised by it. I don't know all the inner workings, but I want to talk about that when we come back. So we'll do that. This is Sports Talk Mississippi. Brian Haydad and Will East with you here on a Tuesday. Back in just a second.
Sports Talk Mississippi. Brian Adad here with you with Will East on a Tuesday afternoon. If you want to join the show, do it on the ceasefire text line, 601-879-4395. Got plenty of texts coming in today. Most of them are incredibly unhappy that I'm here. And I'm, I'm doing things. <laughs> Not unhappy Ole Miss fans. What, what, what do Ole Miss fans have to be unhappy about right now? Huh? Why don't you put a smile on your face? All right? You got it. You got think, pretty good I think right Ole now. Ole Miss fans are incredibly happy. This, think about the three sports you couldn't right tell. now. Think about you couldn't the, tell from the people who are talking to me. They're all angry. No, I disagree. Spent, that's a that's a minority. The last twenty minutes, twenty minutes, twenty minutes sucking up to them. I'll go. Oh, y'all are so great. No, it is the best time ever to be an Ole Miss fan, right? I mean, think of you it. can make that. You, you can make. You can certainly make that that argument. You got yeah. a, a baseball I mean, if, program if you, that won a national championship. You know what? Two years ago, and that's but third then, on the list. Yeah, well, those national champions. Those are program program killers. You don't want to win a national title. <laughs> Tank your pro. Can't wait to see LSU in last place this year. See how that goes. Um. As I mentioned before the break, we don't talk a lot uh, about Alcorn here on on the show. But today uh, they made the decision to to uh, it, it, they, I don't know if it's mutual or, or not, but basically they couldn't come to, to terms with Coach Fred McNair after uh, I believe seven seasons down there on the reservation, and uh, he's gone and he is no longer the head coach at, at Alcorn. This is coming after after a year where they won the uh, the division. For the fifth time in his tenure there, two-time SWAC champion, um, and you know, I thought did a really good job of kind of weathering the Dion storm when when Dion was here at Jackson State and and sort of elevated that program. He he stayed the course, and as soon as Dion got out, he's right back on top there uh, in the SWAC uh, in the in the in the West. So and, and keep in mind that also Alcorn State did not play any football. In 2020, yeah, they played zero right. games, so it's almost played like no you're, you're you had to start over, had to start back cases. from scratch a little bit. Yeah, and okay, the other the other side of this this coin is the last name, right? This is Fred McNair, you know, school legend, brother of the greatest college football player. I mean, you can make a legitimate case the greatest college football player in the history of the state of Mississippi. You, you can you can legitimately look yourself in the eye and feel good about making that case. McNair is a name at at Alcorn, is that that like Manning is yeah. at Ole Miss, I mean, and and to 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 let him walk away over terms again. I don't know all of the details, and I, I would be honest with you, maybe you know, maybe J T Mitchell and the the from D two to D three podcast. I know that Alcorn is not D two, but maybe he'll cover it a little bit more in depth there. If you haven't checked that podcast out, by the way, you need to do it. If you're a fan of, of Bellhaven, Mississippi College, Millsaps. Uh, Delta State. That's a great podcast for you guys to check out. But it's just weird to me to see you know they couldn't come to an agreement on terms. I, I I don't I don't I don't I don't get it. Will I don't get it? Well, he's he's going to Texas Southern, right? And I don't know where Texas Southern ranks in any of this, but yeah. you got to think. All Alcorn State's home, you know. Yeah, that's home. I mean, ever you know every he probably knows everyone there. You make the deal. You figure it out. But it, it, well, it's just one it's of the, col- the, the strangest things. Right 
And, you know, because it's an all corn, we just sort of go, oh, well, you know, it is. Imagine if that happened at Ole Miss today. You know, Ole Miss announced a, a contract extension for Lane Kiffin. Well, what if he came to me and was like, hey, I want a contract extension, maybe a little bit more money. And Ole Miss a month later is like, we're going to have to let him go. We couldn't come to an agreement on terms. I mean, can you imagine what this show would be like? Richard wouldn't have been able to leave. He would have done had to do three hours with me on that one. And I don't know that Coach Levy would have been on with us today because that story would have taken some precedent. So that's a, that's a blow for Alcorn. That's that's a tough that's a tough yeah. look because that's a guy who's done nothing but win at your program has 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 been a good coach for you. Won a lot of games. Yeah, I mean Texas Southern last year was three and eight. By the way, not a, not a what's great their mascot? Team. I don't even no. know their mascot. They're the the Jaguars, I believe. Are they? I believe. I'm pretty sure. I'm pretty sure. I'm they right. Even list their well because well, te- Texas. No, they're because the Tigers. They're, 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 the Tigers. They're the Tigers. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Southern is the Jaguars. Southern University is the Jaguars. So tough look. Tough look for all corn. Braves is so, cooler than Tigers. Oh, 100 percent. 100 percent. All corn. In Jackson State gets a lot of pub, and, and they should. They 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 are a great program. Allcorn's almost plays Allcorn next year, right? Do they? Is that right? I know Allcorn is coming up to Oxford at and some Georgia point Southern. in the near future. Georgia Maybe it's Southern. not next year; it's the year after. Wake Forest. They have McNeese State. Does somebody have McNeese State? Let's see here. How long can I, can I get it done here? Oh, it's not until twenty twenty eight. My bad. I thought it was next year. That'll be just go ahead and mark it on your calendar though. When State played Alcorn here, that was a fun game, fun atmosphere. When the HBCUs come to uh, come to the SEC schools. All right, when we come back, college football fix. Back in just a minute here on Sports Talk Mississippi. Sports Talk Mississippi. Super Talk Mississippi. I let that run a little bit. That's that's just that's just good rock and roll music. Is what that is. Sports Talk Mississippi here on Super Talk Mississippi. I'm Brian Haydad. He's Will East. We'll little change of pace here this week. There's a lot of change of pace these next couple weeks. So we got just the two of us today. You'll be with us the rest of the week with Michael Borky on vacation. I used the quote fingers when I said vacation. He's he's clipping up videos probably as we speak. And then next week I won't be here. So, are you coming in to – can you replace me? Could you get on here and talk good about Mississippi anybody, State? Anybody can do that, Brian. Hey, Dad, come on. Now. Oh, yeah. That's like I said yesterday. If anyone wants to make a move, just let me know. Let me call Robbie right now. <laughs> huh? <sighs> nah, he, first off, you thought that was him singing, and now you're going to get him – got a lovely voice. Speaking of Robbie, though, he, w- he will replace me next week for one day. He'll be uh, the host of Thunder and Lightning saying, Live. A little, little trial, a uh, little, <laughs> little, little sample, okay? <laughs> just, just, just stop. Nobody, nobody can do what I do. 
<laughs> what I'm going to do right now is tell you that it's time. Hit, go ahead and hit the button Let me for get the, the button college ready. football fix. The button. I ask this every time I'm in here. Have they determined what the music is going to be for the new ABC SEC? They have not. They have not. But this is the best. This is the GOAT this is college the football music. I don't care if this music is introing uh, Iowa at Rutgers. I don't care. This is still the best college football. So as far as sports music is concerned, uh, I think this is my favorite. NBA on NBC is my second favorite. Yeah, John Tesh. Have you ever heard the story? Yes. On YouTube? I've seen the video of oh. him. That's the one of that is a top three whitest video on YouTube, by the way. Uh, of, of, of his. I've spoken to of him, him before. doing. He's a nice guy. I, he seems like a lovely man. And then the three, it's the uh, the old NFL films. You know, dun dun that that whole deal. Okay, well, that's that's actually law and law and order was what you just oh. did. Dun dun. What, what's the what do they call it? Uh, I don't. They have a term for it. I don't. I'll play it here in a second. The Law and Order thing? No, the NFL. No, the NFL oh. films. But I was going. No, no, I'm thinking of Autumn Wind. a raid. Autumn Wind. That's it. I'm thinking of Autumn Wind. Yeah. The Autumn Wind. The Autumn Wind is the pirate. I don't know the whole thing. I just know about the bristling black mustache. Man, those are some men. We we, we are not those people. But, no, you try hitting somebody like Jack Tatum used to hit you. They will throw you in. The, they'll throw you in jail and they'll lose the key. You'll never yeah. see the light of day again. Jack Youngblood. All right. Uh, College Football Fix is brought to you by your Mississippi Ford dealers. Look, not everybody can afford a new truck every single time it rains, like Richard Cross does. But if you are in the market for a new truck, go see your Mississippi Ford dealers. They have got the Ford F-150, America's best-selling truck for longer than I've been alive. And that is a long, long time because I'm an old, old guy. So all over the state, we've got great Ford dealers. Go and see them whenever you're in the market. Now, I don't I don't recommend doing the whole Lexus thing that they do with the, hey, Christmas morning. I got a new truck out here for you. You know, discuss major purchases with your wife or <laughs> Have your you husband. You seen Saturday Night Live? Yes, yeah, it makes me did. laugh every time. You, you bought a, a car. You bought a car. <laughs> with the zero percent apron, we're going to be okay. <laughs> yeah, I've seen that. I've seen that a lot. Oh, I've, al- I've always tried to picture my wife's reaction. I'd be like, "Hey, honey, why don't you go outside? I got you a little Christmas surprise out there. And there's a car with a bow." She'd be like, "There better be a gun in that car for me to shoot you with." Yeah, I can't imagine. So, so talk with your with your significant other, and then go buy a new Ford truck at your Mississippi Ford dealer. What what just happened? I was trying to play the what autumn wind. Down and oh, the autumn wind. He's conquered and won. It's not playing right. All right, it's old. It's old video. It's, it's from the ancient. I get. I get it. I get it. I get it. I get it. Oh, the Bulls entrance music. I don't know if that. That's, no, that's not the uh, same thing though. But our Alan Parsons, serious. Alan Parsons Project. Alan Parsons Project. Dr. Parson has created an entirely new system for us. We call it the Alan Parsons Project. Do you remember Project. that video they used to show before the game? They, they would show this video of With the like, bull the running bull down running the streets through, of Chicago? Yeah. yeah. Who doesn't stuff. remember that? Ah. Mississippi State rounded out its uh, coaching staff over the weekend. Uh, the final hire by uh, 
by Coach Jeff Levy. Coach Cliff Odom is the new Mississippi State special teams coach. He comes to Mississippi State from New Mexico State. Basically, after their game ended on Saturday, uh, he was like, hey, guys, great game, I'm out. And uh, he's, he's headed to Starkville now to be the special teams coach. It leaves an interesting uh, question as far as I'm concerned, because that that's all ten, right? You have you get you your head coach. You have ten on field assistants. When they hired Coleman Hutzler, the new uh, defensive coordinator at Mississippi State, on his uh, his graphic it said coaching uh, inside linebackers and as defensive coordinator, obviously. And then they hired uh, you know they had David Turner on staff already as the uh, Mississippi State defensive line coach. They hired Corey Bell from For- Florida Atlantic. He's the new cornerbacks coach at Mississippi State. They bring in Matt Barnes from Memphis. He's the co-defensive coordinator, and he's coaching the safeties. So there's no there's no in, there's no outside linebackers coach in here. There, there's no there's no outside. So I don't know who's doing that for Mississippi State. I don't I don't know the answer to, to that particular question. It's a, it's it's kind of an odd one to be to be totally honest with you that 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 that, that Hutzler. I, I'm going to make an assumption that Hutzler is just going to coach linebackers. But in a three-four system, which is what I believe Hutzler wants to run, the the the, the duties and the, the 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 responsibilities for the outside and the inside linebackers are so are so vastly different. You know, in a four-three, there's some, especially with what State was doing last year in a three-three-five. You know, there's not there's not a whole ton of difference there. Whereas in, in a three-four, your outside linebackers are your pass rushers. Those are your guys that you're, you're, you're counting on to get to the quarterback, and then your your inside linebackers are kind of your run stuffers. They're going to play a little bit more out in coverage, uh, on on passing situations. So, I'm just intrigued by that to see what see which way it goes. But that state staff in total now, uh, obviously on the offensive, and it, I find it nothing interesting is that on the offensive side of the ball, almost all of these guys had some sort of connection to Levy. They either worked with him before at Central Florida. Uh, some of them worked uh, with him. Or worked with Kendall Bryles, who you know the Bryles uh, Levy connection is well documented. They run very similar styles of offense, and then they kept Chad Bumpus on staff, which I think was was valuable not only from a, a fact that he's a good young football coach, but he's an outstanding recruiter, and he's he, you see the the results: JJ Harrell, Mario Craver, San Frisco McGee, and likely Stonka Burnside, and then. Likely Caleb Cunningham uh, a season from now. I would say Mississippi State is, is the favorite there right now. So, oh, and speaking of wide receivers, real quick, can you can you play the Cretan song real quick? Do you have it oh, loaded up? Let ready me to go? Uh, pull it up here. I got it. All right, ready? Do it. Do it. Okay, now this is where it gets interesting. I'm going to try to pronounce his name. I believe it's Kelly Akari. It's like Atari with a K. So that makes it easy for me. Kelly Akari, maybe I should have gone transfer portal music there, but that's fine. He committed to Mississippi State just a few minutes ago. Transfer from UTEP, over a thousand yards receiving for UTEP, who's not a, a good football team a season ago for it. So for him to have uh, those kind of stats, State needed an alpha dog receiver in the, in this in this group here. You know they don't really have one. Uh, they needed a guy that you could just sort of pencil in as WR one and hope for the best. Now you know it's a, it's a transfer, so you know there, there's the, you got to. There's a little hopefulness to that to that statement, obviously, but the stats are good. And you think about 
you know, the success that Ole Miss has had getting some transfer receivers from some of these schools like UTEP. Uh, you know, they, 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 uh, you know, they get Trey Harris from Louisiana Tech. Um, oh, they had another guy. Not, I'm not thinking of Malik Heath. There was another transfer in there. I can't remember his name, but uh, they, they've had success getting guys from that lower level. It feels like wide receiver is a position that kind of just translates, right? If you're a, yeah. a dominant receiver at one level, you've got you got what it takes to be that. Had, you could probably uh, translate Franklin, that. Franklin, who it didn't quite work out. I think he was hurt for the majority of. He's the been year. he was injured almost yeah. the entire season. So good pickup for Mississippi State. There, you know, on, on today's podcast, I griped and complained a lot and got some people riled up because they thought I was being negative because you know, God forbid. And uh, but on the offensive side of the ball, State's recruiting has been really solid. I, I, you know, Blake Shapin, I'm definitely waiting to see on that, but that's clearly Levy's guy. That's clearly the guy he wants to proceed with. They've got a big time receiver now in Akari. They got three great offensive linemen, I think, in Pounders, Minor, and uh, and Martinez today. They've done well, and then in the high school ranks as well, bringing in these receivers. Uh, from high school, I feel like they're, they're they're getting some firepower over there, and they but they, defensively they've they've got, got a lot of work get to do. Burnside, right? I mean, that, that, that right now I think they're the favorite to do yeah. that, but it is recruiting. Let's talk about recruiting. Tomorrow is signing day. What should we be expecting? Let's start with the Rebels. We'll do that when we come back. We'll talk about signing day, potential surprises, both good and bad for Ole Miss. When we come back, this is Sports Talk Mississippi. Mississippi continues. Can't stay at home, can't stay at school. Old folks stay, you pull out a fool. Stay on the streets, I'm the girl next door. I'm the fox you've been waiting for. Hello, Daddy. Hello, Mom. I'm your Jerry Bob. Hello, world. I'm your wife. I don't let that get to the chorus, at least. Sports Talk Mississippi. Here in the 5 o'clock hour. A few moments left with you. By moments, I mean like 39 of them. But, you know, the moments we have are few and fleeting and far between this holiday season. So spend them with someone you love, like I'm spending it with Will East as we speak. So, You, d- you doubt my love for you, my friend? I doubt it, seriously. Why? It, it is fleeting. What did I ever do? What did I ever do to make you treat me so disrespectfully? <laughs> Can't you love me? Yeah, I thought we. I know. I just. <laughs> you don't have to love me, but you will respect me. <laughs> there, there we go. We we brought it full circle there. Uh, C Spire text line six zero one eight seven nine four three nine five. Evidently, all I had to do was mention that somebody didn't like me, and the text line lit up like, "Oh, we love you, hey dad." Including a lot of Ole Miss fans. So I appreciate that. And, and, and they they they're, they are uh, they are thanking me for being very professional. Let me tell you, it's tough. It's tough. Tough business. I mean, he is the most professional. He pronounces coaches' names correctly. He says their name correctly when he's speaking to them. All these things. I mean, is it not pronounced Zach? Is it Zakay or something? I don't know what's going on. If you missed it, he called new Mississippi State head coach (laughs) Jeff Levy. He called him Zach. Zach, let me ask you this. Now, people people are going to wonder, was I referring to Zach Arnett, Zach Selman? Freshman linebacker Zachary Tillman. Who knows? I think it was Zach Arnett, and I, I dared 
Haydad to call. I did that uh, at a call him Dan the next time, and then I did it on Twitter when uh, when when Selman was talking after he had fired Arnett, and I just said Arnett says, <laughs> and my mentions immediately go Arnett said that, and I was like, nah, nah, because uh, it was like. Uh, I said Arnett encourages fans to show up for the Southern Miss game and support the program. And people were like, man, that's really nice of him. It's really <laughs> like a really, it's like real class statement. Like, <laughs> ah. All right. So tomorrow is, is National Signing Day. Will and I were debating during the break about the, uh, the excitement surrounding signing day. I don't think it's the move to December that's, that's crushed it so much as the transfer portal. I yeah. think the fact that if it was just, you know, Cause you think a couple of years ago when it was just even before the portal got started, I mean this was just this just became signing day. It was just a little earlier in the year, but I do agree that some of the luster has been lost because we focus so much on these transfers. Um, it was so, so it, I get it when it was in February. It's it was you know because it's it's kind of an outlier. It was before baseball season started, right? So you had yeah. basketball oh, yeah. going on, and if your basketball team sucked, uh, national signing day that was an was, issue. was was the, was the thing. And you had a lot of drama. I mean, how many times did you sit there on a on a desktop computer watching some grainy video footage of some kid picking up a hat or taking his shirt off to reveal some team that you didn't think he was going to? I mean, that you had mothers signing national letters of intent for one kid to go one one place, and he says he's going to the other place. The, all this stuff happened. I do what mom says. Yeah. Tomorrow on the show, I'm going to wear a too tight. Uh, a too big Super Talk shirt, and underneath it, I'm have a too tight ESPN Radio shirt underneath. I'm gonna flip on you <laughs> on tomorrow's show. I'm taking my talents to uh, just throw the headset off, get out of here. Yeah, and then you have uh, kids throw the hats. Remember that was a big thing for a while. The kids oh, would throw yeah. the hat. Yeah, get out yeah, of here. Get like and show some respect. Anyway, so for Ole Miss tomorrow, I think it's gonna be relatively drama free. This is a good class for Ole Miss. There's no question. And where I think they're the most uh, interesting to me is on the defensive line, where they have got some top, basically all of the top talent in the state at that position. Kamarian Franklin, uh, William Eccles, who got bumped up to the number one overall player in the state by 24-7 over the weekend. He had a monster showing at the Mississippi-Alabama uh, All-Star game. He's a hilltopper, baby. Been... Hilltopper. Yeah, that's your, your neck of the woods. Cameron Beavers uh, has been a a, a, a big-time signing for this class the whole time. Jeff Rush, the Pascagoula kid, who I think was injured this season, but, you know, was very highly rated coming in. I mean, for all you know, you think about Mississippi State, and they, they push that DLU, uh, you know, graphic all the time, and they've got all these great pros right now. But it's Ole Miss this year in terms of high school recruiting that's, that's DLU because they have gotten some big-time players coming in. And that's a position where I, I don't know, you know, with freshman defensive linemen, you got to be a real freak of nature to be a, a, a first-year contributor. We've seen two of them in this state that you can come back to. At Ole Miss, you had Robert Kimdiche, and at Mississippi State, you had uh, Jeffrey Simmons and, and Chris Jones. I guess you had three of them. And even Simmons and Jones didn't make a huge, huge impression their first year. Their second year was when they really started to take off. Kimdiche was a dominant force from, from day one for the Rebels. I don't know if any of these guys are that kind of player, but they are very, very good players, and they can provide a lot of depth for Ole Miss next year. And, and by you know, this is a group that if you keep them together, if you keep those four guys together, then by you know two years from now, you've got a you've got one of the best defensive lines yeah. in the country, um, in all likelihood. 
And then, you know, for, for an offensive perspective, you know, they, 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 they've got some, some good players in there. And Anthony Maddox, who they just flipped from Texas A&M, is an interesting prospect. I think he's a good quarterback. My question is, in that quarterback room, where does he fit in, right? You look at next year, you got Dart, you have Howard, you have Simmons in front of him, and then Dart goes, and you still have Howard and Simmons. So, you know, is Maddox a good enough athlete to change a position, or is he just going to stay in there and battle for that job, or is, is that going to be a guy that we look up in two years and he's, he's in the transfer portal? But he's a very good player. And that's a good get from for Ole Miss to flip him uh, from Texas A&M. Nareel White, that's the guy where there's been the drama there's, there's this week. There's drama uh, there, yeah. He's, uh, he there, posted on that, Twitter tw- not once but twice that he was decommitting. That he was going to decommit. Yeah. Yeah. And so the smoke signals that I'm hearing right now are that Mississippi State has tried to get back in the game with him a little bit. Okay. Uh, so there, there could be... That the momentary drama tomorrow for him. If I were a betting man, and I am, as we discussed earlier, we are here in the Pearl River Resort Studios. Uh, I, I would bet on him continuing his commitment and signing with Ole Miss. I think he'll be a rebel when the when the day comes to an end. But that's just one name to keep an eye on. Uh, from a positive standpoint for Ole Miss, talking to uh, to Richard earlier today, he said that there's some smoke that Ole Miss could be in the in the position to get a flip from LSU, and that's Oak Grove defensive back P.J. Woodland. Now, Woodland was committed to Mississippi State uh, for months, committed back in June, uh, decommitted midseason, uh, which, you know, who could blame him? He, he, State wasn't showing any reason to stay committed. Plus, he got the offer from LSU, which everybody, you know, in the recruiting process, thought, well, that's where he wants to be. That's the dream offer for him. He wants to be a Tiger. But... At that time, that there there was a little bit of a, of a whisper of that Ole Miss was going to flip him, and I, at the time I was like, "No, he wants to be at LSU." But now Ole Miss just this is what happens when you build up momentum: is kids see it and they want to be a part of it. Mm-hmm. They're like, well, you know, because right now if you commit to Ole Miss, every national college football writer is going to talk about you, right? You you think about you know if Ole Miss doesn't have this momentum, if they're just having a normal recruiting year. And you flip a guy, they're like, oh, they flipped a the guy from LSU. That's interesting, right? But now it becomes, oh, Lane Kiffin's done it again. He went and took a player from LSU. Mary and now, you know, you, you know, I mean, it becomes it becomes a thing. So kids see that. They want to be a part. You know, that's why people when people talk about, oh, recruiting rankings don't really matter, they matter to the kids. The kids want to be highly rated. They The players want to be the number one player in this state, the number one player in the country, and they want to be a part of classes that are highly rated. So when you say things like, well, those recruiting rankings don't really matter, they may not matter to you, but they matter to those players. Those players look at those rankings, and they want to to be uh, part of highly rated classes. Nobody wants to be a part of the 39th rated class in the country. You want to be part of a top five class. Going to be part of a class that gets celebrated and things like that. So. And it doesn't hurt that his teammate AJ Maddox, who you just mentioned, flipped to Ole Miss. Uh, they played at Oak mm-hmm. Grove, won a state championship there this year. So there you go. Yeah, exactly. I mean, that Oak Grove team is loaded, and of course, it doesn't hurt that his brother is going to be one of the top prospects in the state next season. Uh, the defensive lineman from Oak Grove. So if you can get that in, you know, you can take advantage of it. If you can, if you can get a, a connection. To a top-rated player, and in the process get another top-rated player. Only a fool would not do such a thing. So, this class, you know, look, this class. When we get to it, I think it, if I look at the on three rankings here, uh, currently uh, on three. By the way, is his new website. Mississippi State's just got it. I know our buddy Ben Garrett works for on three as well. 
Uh, so they're, they're a new website. If you haven't checked them out, I, I definitely recommend it. Uh, they're ranked 20th nationally uh, in that. When, when all the, the dust settles, because I don't expect Ole Miss to add a lot of commits tomorrow via the high school rank, uh, players, that they may end up around 23rd, 24th, something like that. But you go look at the transfer portal rankings, and they're currently first. Mm-hmm. So that's where Ole Miss is going to do the majority of its damage. Is you know a, t- a top twenty-five high school class and a top-rated portal class. That's really really good for the Rebels. That's that's a that's a kind of if they can continue that throughout the years, they will be right in the mix for these college football playoff uh, berths every single season. All right, let's do the same thing for Mississippi State when we come back. What do I expect for the Bulldogs tomorrow? On signing day, we'll talk about that. Maybe some potential surprises. Your coach Levy mentioned uh, maybe maybe something in the works for the Bulldogs tomorrow. We'll see. And when we come back, this is Sports Talk Mississippi. Back in just a second. Super Talk Mississippi. Introducing to you Sports Talk Mississippi. If you want to hear two grown men laughing uncontrollably, check out tomorrow's Thunder and Lightning podcast where. Robbie and I do dueling ACDC Brian Johnson impressions. You put your while talking about two brothers, while talking about two brothers barbecue, it's 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 pretty funny. It's you pretty. Funny. Bar- I thought Robbie might sauce. actually. <laughs> that's pretty good. That's better than mine. So I've I will not reveal it. I've mine on the air. I've done uh, Hell's Bells at karaoke before. The only problem with with doing that though is, I mean, you you will you oh. will catch a. a, a you're going to catch something in your throat eventually. Yeah. yeah, I don't know how he talks, how he does that. It's just incredible. Yeah, and he doesn't, sp- uh, he doesn't speak something. like that though. When you hear him talk, no, no, he talks completely normally. So it's kind of like you know, a lot of people's singing voices are different than uh than their than their speaking voices. I guess. Uh, this is Sports Talk Mississippi. I'm Brian Haydad. That's Will East over there in Studio X. Everything that's gone good today has been Will's doing. Anything that's screwed up is mine. I'll take take full responsibility for that. All right. Uh, if you're wondering where Richard is, don't. He'll be back tomorrow, though. He'll be back tomorrow. Um, Mississippi State, when you look at their class, what am I expecting to see uh, tomorrow? Well, the, the, the two big commitments that we're looking at for Mississippi State, we're not going to find out about tomorrow. Uh, they, that is Daniel Hill, the running back from Meridian, and Stonka Burnside, the uh, receiver from here in uh, Starkville. Both of those guys are scheduled to reveal their, their choices at the Under Armour All-American game. That is on, I believe, January 3rd. If you want to double-check that for me, you can feel free. Uh, I'm always happy to listen to constructive criticism. I will not listen to destructive criticism, though. I will not. Um, beyond that, the hay is kind of in the barn uh, for Mississippi State. You know, J.J. Harold, I believe Jimothy Lewis is very solid with Mississippi State. The quarterback, Michael Van Buren, who committed just a couple of weeks ago, solid with Mississippi State. Uh, the running back from uh, Brookhaven, Xavier Gayton, who just got bumped up to a four-star today. Uh, Terrence Hibbler, the big defensive lineman out of uh, Holmes County uh, in Lexington there, committed to Mississippi State. So I feel pretty, pretty good about those guys. Oh, those Winona kids, you got the whole team almost. 
Fat Clark and uh, Fat Clark, by the way. What a fantastic, absolutely glorious nickname. Perfect name. I love it. Fat, but it, you know, you would think, okay, Fat Clark, he must be a lineman. No, he's a linebacker. He's got speed. So he and I and Tyler Lockhart, the big offensive lineman. Uh, I'm sorry, TJ Lockhart. Tyler is his brother, who is a top prospect for next year. One of the top linebackers in the state, probably already trending towards Mississippi State as well. Um, but all those guys feel like they're pretty solid with Mississippi State. Not expecting a lot of drama there. I think the real, if there is any drama for State, it is obviously waiting out uh, Burnside and Hill, and then we'll see what happens with Noriel White. I, I, like I said, I think he's, he sticks with Ole Miss, but there's a little, there's a little wisp of smoke there that he could end up uh, in Starkville. I would, I would tell you that, that you know, you follow your recruiting guys, and and, I, and I'll pass along what I do here. I don't know if Hill and Burnside are are going to sign their letters of intent tomorrow and then keep those on the down low until the game. State had a player do that a couple of years ago. Deontay Anderson uh, was committed to Mississippi State, but or maybe may may have may have remained uncommitted and then revealed that he was committed to Mississippi State at the Under Armour game. But when you were on message boards and when you talked to Mississippi State people, it was all, yeah, it's going to be okay. We're getting him, is what they would tell you, because they he had already sent in the letter of intent. If 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 Hill and Burnside do that, you know we'll find out. If they send it to Alabama or South Carolina or Ole Miss, respectively, my guess is you'll find out about that as well. So it's it's got to be it's in this day and age, it's tough to keep recruiting secrets. You know, you, you tend to find out uh, some things more often than not. Some things you're not supposed to f- to put out there, and they get put out anyway. But and Daniel Hill happens sometimes. He is a man. He had uh, you talked about him a lot when we had you yeah, on Friday. He he went like two games in that in a two game span against some pretty good competition. I can't remember their schedule off the top of my head. Played at Meridian, uh, where he ran for like seven hundred yards and eight touchdowns in a two game span, something like that. Um, and really helped turn Meridian around. Meridian, you know, traditionally was a powerhouse, but it. It's kind of fallen on hard times. They had not been to the playoffs since 2017. Well, they made the playoffs this year and won a playoff game, um, mm-hmm. and gave Oak Grove, the defending or the the team that would eventually become the state champ, gave them heck in the uh, regular season. Uh, one of the closer games that Oak Grove played this year. So, uh, yeah, Daniel Hill's mm-hmm. a, a heck of a running back. Yeah, I mean, just and, and what, what what I find interesting, and, and you see this a lot. Is that, and it's the same thing with Burnside. It's, it's, uh, that they, they, people tell you they, they really project better on the defensive side of the ball. Like yeah. Hill, they say, they, they look at him and say, that's a future NFL linebacker. And there's a lot of, of talk that Burnside would be a much, as good a receiver as he is, he would be an elite safety at the college level. But, and, and sort of the same thing with William Eccles, that uh, that's a guy that, you know, I think state recruited him as an offensive lineman, mm-hmm. but, he is he, he's wanting to play on the defensive side of the ball, and that was a big selling point for Ole Miss and why he's been committed to the Rebels for, for, for so long. So it's all about, you know, I, I am a big believer in tell the kid whatever you got to tell him to get him to sign on the line, which, <laughs> which is, is dotted. dotted. Yes. And then you figure it out from there. Here's another thing that Haydad and I were talking about earlier is if you look at the top players in the state of Mississippi for this year, Mm-hmm. Not a mm-hmm. whole lot of Alabama commitments. Not a whole lot of LSU None. commitments. I mean, in fact, the one that that LSU has right now, Woolard might be flipping over to Woodard. 
or Woodard might be flipping Woodland. over Woodland. to Woodland. Woodland. We're both You're wrong. getting me messed up. Uh, might yeah. be flipping over to another school. So that's an interesting. I mean, how many years has Alabama swooped in and it's, grabbed yeah. at least a top five kid out of the state of Mississippi? At least one, yeah. So you look at it right now. This is we'll just use twenty four sevens top two four seven players, right? We'll just do the top twenty from one to twenty. Ole Miss, Auburn, Ole Miss. Number four is Daniel Hill, who's probably split between Alabama and Mississippi State right now. So if he goes to Alabama, there's one. But if yeah. he doesn't, and I I would think right now that I think State has a little bit of momentum. So we'll see. Five is Ole Miss. Six is Florida. That's Kanan Daniels, the running back out of West Point. Seven and eight are Ole Miss. Nine is Texas A&M. That's Tristan Jernigan, the linebacker from Tupelo. Stonka Burnside is 10. I expect him to end up at State, but if he doesn't end up at State, he's going to Ole Miss. So one way or the other, staying in State. 11 is State. 12 is Oklahoma. Isaiah Autry. I've been kind of surprised, the uh, the lineman out of Itawamba, that committed to Oklahoma that Jeff Levy didn't make a move to try to flip him. Now, I'm not saying that maybe Levy didn't, but it hasn't been very publicized if that is indeed the uh, the case. The 13th-ranked player is committed to Baylor. That's Alex Foster, the defensive lineman out of uh, Greenville-St. Joe. 14 is Ole Miss, 15 is State, 16 is LSU, 17, 18, 19 are all State, and then 20 is Arkansas, the uh, linebacker out of South Panola, Julius Pope. So, yeah, not seeing Alabama and only seeing one LSU, and could we could end up this time, you know, a couple weeks from now, with no Alabama and no LSU. I mean, how that many is years a very have we, have we talked thing. about, you know, protect your your border. Don't let these yeah. kids get out of state. Just to take it, uh, let me see if I can take it back a year here for, for the state of Mississippi, and you would see a much different picture, I believe. So you go back to last year, the number one player in the state was Sunterine Perkins, went to Ole Miss, and then Aiden Williams was two, went to Ole Miss. Three was State, Isaac Smith. Then you have Dante Dowdle going to Oregon, although he's in the portal and he visited State this weekend. State feels pretty good about their shot there. Five and six were both State, although Ty Jones has left football already. Poor guy. Had a, some some mm-hmm. big-time family tragedy, decided he had, to, he had to get out of the sport. But then, yeah, Alabama, Tennessee, Arkansas. There's a Florida State kid in the top 20. Um, yeah, I mean, God, LSU didn't have a good year in this state last year either. That's interesting. And to you me. go the year before that, but yes, the number one player in Mississippi, uh, Otis, went to Alabama, playing for them now. So yeah, yeah, go back a year. Yeah, Alabama has the number one player. Georgia has the three. Number five was Kamari Rogers, who went to Miami, but he's at Mississippi State now. Thus is the transfer portal. <laughs> uh, I mean, it's crazy. I can't, yeah, just just two years ago, commits to Miami, but. One year after his commitment, he's at Mississippi State. So that's the that's one thing about the portal now is it's it's important to come in second place because Don't burn your you bridge. keep those relationships. Don't burn the bridge. I mean, in some cases, you know, with McCollin Pounders, I, I thought State burned it a little bit, but he ends up back at Mississippi State now. But it's important to recruit these kids all the way through to signing day. Leave on good terms with them because when they inevitably hit the portal, and right now it feels like. At least one out of every three players, and it may be a higher percentage than that, is hitting the portal. You're probably the first look, you know. If you, especially if you've still got the same coaching staff in place, a little difficult for state because they've had so much change right now. But you know, right now, I mean, let me just pick a guy at random here from from that that class, and and you know that 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 Ole Miss recruited heavily. A guy like, um, let's just say Stone Blanton wanted to leave uh, South, South Carolina. Carolina. Ole Miss would be in a good spot there because they recruited him hard and all those guys are still there. So 
Now you're throwing me off, Will. This is the, the song that takes me out of Thunder and Lightning on Wednesday nights. I feel like I shouldn't have to do any more work after this song plays. Are you working? But I do. Are you working? Yeah. Are you working? I'm working hard. I am I am carrying this network on my shoulders. My increasingly skinny shoulders. <laughs> We'll wrap it up when we come back and get you ready for a signing day. Tell you where you need to be looking for information all day tomorrow. Back in just a minute here on Thunder. Oh, no, no. On Sports Talk Mississippi. This is Sports Talk Mississippi. Sounds good. On Super Talk Mississippi. Are you seeing this uh this volcano stuff from Iceland? No. So a volcano has erupted there. Uh-oh. The footage and the, the the video we're getting is incredible, absolutely incredible. One guy got he got a drone about as close to it as you can. The drone did not survive, but the footage did, and uh, it's just it's just unbelievable. I mean, oh yeah, if you just search, I I mean, look at this stuff. These these shots are incredible, and you, the like awesome power of. Oh. <laughs> The nine have left yeah. Minas Tirith. Yeah. <laughs> they crossed they, the river. Did they throw Reed. the ring back in? I mean, what's going on? <laughs> <laughs> we need T-Bob Abery. We get these references. But yeah, it's cool. Very cool. Uh, tomorrow is National Signing Day. Uh, I would encourage you to check out supertalk.fm, where we will have a running ticker uh, for Mississippi State, for Ole Miss, for Southern Mississippi. Uh, and then we will... Uh, we will have all the the updates as they come in for recruiting. Um, well, obviously, I'll be covering. Uh, I'll be at Jeff Lebby's press conference that's scheduled for noon over at Davis Wade Stadium. Uh, and it's we, the we may day where the fax there. machines come back to life, right? Do well, they still do the fax know, machines? So, so yeah, I think they like to portray the myth of the fax machine, but nowadays, no. I think I think they just so the fax machines don't. Just, it's done. It, There's no more use. If, for it. And if, if that is in case, if that is indeed true, that that is the end of the fax machine, right? The fax machine is just useless at this point. You just scan things now and send a PDF. Because that was the Thank only day the fax that, machines yeah. had left. That was it. Yeah. Okay. Well, yeah, well, yeah. We took the one thing the fax machine had, and we took it from it, them. It was their Super Bowl, as the cliche goes. Yeah. What was the name? Brother. Brother fax machines. Brother that, fax that was the big brand. Ones, yeah. Yeah, yeah. They, they, they had the, uh, <laughs> yeah, they, they, I don't know what, I, that company, I guess it's gone under at this point. So, so yeah, supertalk.fm, and you check that out. They'll have the uh, the updating ticker. And then, uh, of course, Sports Talk Mississippi, uh, tomorrow at 3, we'll have a, uh, uh, we have uh, plenty of talk about. I, I did tell Richard. I was like, Richard, every day you come on this show, we talk about recruiting, and you, you always say this. Now, admittedly, I don't follow recruiting too closely, which is, you know, fine. You know, we're just a sports talk show in the state of Mississippi. No need to look at something that's important. Yeah, I love turning that around. They love getting me for when I when I don't watch something. Oh, you didn't watch that? Just your job. Yeah, same thing. 
Um, so we may have somebody on to talk about Ole Miss's class because you know I don't know I don't know all of the details there. We'll have me to talk about Mississippi State's class. I think we'll probably get Luke Johnson on as well. We need to talk about Southern Mississippi's class. I like Southern's class. They've got a couple of good players. They got one of the top twenty-five players in the state in the uh, safety from Port Gibson, uh, Damian Miller. We have the quarterback from MRA. I think people are very high on him. John White uh, down there. John White, yeah. So we'll see how that class turns out. We'll have Luke on him. Plenty of national. I assume it's signing day. There will be drama. Even though it's not in February, we'll still have some hats being thrown, some flips being made. Uh, we saw Dominique Riola flip to, from ne- Georgia to Nebraska via poem. Never seen that before. He wrote a poem <laughs> about flipping from Georgia to Nebraska. Shall <laughs> I compare red, Nebraska to a summer's? <laughs> yeah. I'm leaving Georgia to go to NU. <laughs> Shall I compare thee to a summer's day? <laughs> Thou art more lovely and cornfield. There was a man know. from Nantucket. <laughs> okay, all right. Now, now we've gone. Anyone who, if you ever want to commit via limerick, please, please let me know. I want to. I will help you publicize that. What about haiku? He I, yeah, said I don't it know. Haiku. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Brian, have you and Will done this entire show by yourselves? I just tuned in, and I've tuned in sooner if I had known. We we had the first hour. We were we were, we had our cross to bear, but other than that, we've gotten through it uh, pretty successfully. So, well, at least at least to this point, this volcano is just tripping me out, man. I keep and I don't say that very seriously. Often, I, but, I didn't know anything about it. Yeah, yeah, it, it erupted yesterday. Within oh, sight awesome. of a city, too. There, there was some video of like somebody like in the building, and like you can look out in the distance and you see the the plume of lava. Oh, and you, you are correct. Yeah, yeah, I see the city. See a, yeah, maybe maybe you want to move. I don't know. Maybe you want to get a little closer to the coast. <laughs> what if they're a real estate agency? You know, trying to get somebody to buy a house, and then you see that going on. Like great, I don't know how to speak Icelandic, but they're like great schools. You got a grocery store right down the street, and boom! I'll take twenty thousand dollars off the price right now. One time offer. Look at the scenery. Look at the nat- oh, the all the natural beauty. It is a volcanic island. I guess that's the run the the the, the yeah, risk you run risk you run when you live there. You know. All right, Richard will be with me tomorrow. Will will be here as well, and uh, we'll cover National Signing Day for you, as only we can here on Sports Talk Mississippi, with the grace and dignity that we're known for. And if you can believe that one, I've got another. All right, for Will East, thank you so much, sir, for getting me through today. I'm Brian Haydad. Thanks so much for tuning in here to Sports Talk Mississippi. See you tomorrow here on Super Talk Mississippi. Are you a business owner looking for help with HR benefits and payroll? MWG Employer Services offers a wide range of services and can create a custom plan that fits your needs and budget. I was so overwhelmed with HR stuff. MWG Employer Services took all the stress out of it and even set up my payroll. I couldn't be happier. 
MWG Employer Services is here to help you succeed. Call us today at 601-206-7966 or go to mwgemployerservices.com. A Super Talk Mississippi media production.